Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Dear Reds fans, I'm just kidding. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Reed Mouse. I'm hosting in the absence of Tom Brenneman, who's on the expressway to Bloomington, Indiana, as we speak, picking up his son from college. As always, we come your way from the unsponsored Chatterbox Studios in Hamilton, Ohio, the city that never brotherly sleeps. For the next two hours, as we distract you from being productive at work. On today's show, we will talk about the Jameel Reynolds situation at the University of Cincinnati and how hard it must be for Coach Wes Miller to fight for his players while simultaneously directing his squad through a season. Uh, this room shares similarities with uh, the ring around the waist of a janitor as we all came prepared with a key to this Saturday's rumble in the jungle. And yes, Paycor Stadium is a jungle because the seats are green. Also on today's show, we will go through the teams of the National Football League and we'll break down which teams are frauds, which teams are for real. Something that we do a lot, but we're finally going to get definitive answers on which teams are for real and which teams are frauds. And finally, in the second hour, we will get in the Christmas spirit as we will not do one, but two different snake drafts. One draft will go around the room and debate which Christmas movies we want on our roster. Secondly, we'll go around the room and determine which Christmas songs reign supreme. Before we properly kick off this show, let's check in and get the pulse of the room. We start with the two-time Chatterbox producer of the year, Woo! Casey McAllister. Cece, how are you today? I'm doing good, Reed. I'm doing fantastic. Now, Casey, we were discussing how this uh, snake draft would work with you before we started this show, <laughs> and you weren't quite comprehending no, no. how it works. You are twisting it. I know how snake draft works. I was only concerned about the list that everyone was supposed to make. Now, my little brain up here didn't comprehend that there's a thing called the internet in case everyone picks the same things. Right. So, you know, that just sometimes it just go <laughs> yeah, it was just Casey one of those warnings, okay? Like this was some sort of like word puzzle and he, we all needed a word bank to find the exact words and we have a select list. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, a normal draft, a normal snake draft in, in terms of like fantasy, you get a list of players and you all pick from that list together. Now, that's what I thought we were doing. Turns out we're all making our own lists and just if we pick the same ones, then we just got to all remove it from our list. But he said 10 things. So there's four of us in here. We're picking five or four different four. things. So. Four. Casey, it is what it is. Casey, I think, was worried that there wouldn't be enough Christmas movies to choose from. There's going to be 16 selections, and I think Casey was worried that he couldn't think of enough Christmas movies or Christmas songs, which was a little preposterous. Imagine not being able to come up with 16 Christmas songs. Well, Christmas hang on, songs. hang on. The, the, point of the, the point of it, though, was for us to debate them. I don't know if I can debate my top 16 favorite things, like... I'll probably just be like, yeah, it's it's there. It's first it's a of all, you don't song. need sixteen. You you need but nine. You... Just doing math here. If it's a snake draft and we're only doing two picks, but it's just, uh, it's we're, just doing, we're not we're doing four picks. Sixteen total people. Okay, well, but it's just in, to me. It's just in case. It's just in case somebody takes your pick. So okay, fair enough. You guys are, are rocking salmon today. You you guys yeah. are swimming upstream over there on the on the vaudeville side of the room. 
Yeah. Well, we didn't plan this, but I mean, I think if you, you want us to feel like we did, we we, we certainly can act like we did. Um, <laughs> yeah, Everett's, I mean, Everett's been calling for. I, Everett's I, furious I was that told, he can't buy a salmon shirt. By the way, I was told yesterday, "Hey, uh, Tom's out. We're gonna need you." So you know, like I usually do, I I come and roll rolling in here a little bit later than usual because I've had some issues uh, sleeping because my children, which we won't get into that, but um, but yeah, I'm glad to know that I'm over here with the other salmon man in town which that's right my my guesses will probably have the arguable best draft when it comes to both of these lists i have no doubt my list will be supreme so trace trace will be good casey's will be the worst i i casey has not come prepared and he is he has made fun of the whole process of the draft i i i think I mean, casey is going to throw out some of the you know, worst movies you've ever heard none of them are going to be christmas movies i am i am i am i am mad at casey well I'm my last angry. minute planning here i started looking up like Top fifty Christmas of course movies, you did. and and of course one of the movies in here is like Krampus, and this is or what he, and then, it's and this Harry is, Potter. Like he picks what obscure we Christmas movies like Krampus. If you want to pick Krampus, you can go ahead and do it, but you've never seen it. It would be disingenuous. Have I mean, you seen Krampus? I have not seen. Okay, Krampus. no, he's so never don't... seen Krampus. He makes fun of it. Here's so here's the thing about Christmas movies is all your Christmas traditions, everything that you experience with Christmas is brought to you from your parents, right? So, like, you, you very rarely pick the own movie. If, if your parents sat you down and, like, hey, we're going to watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life this time. If, if we're going to sit down and we're watching it, it's a Christmas story, then that's what you watch. In my household, we didn't watch a whole lot of the classics. We didn't watch all the classic, you know, Christmas Vacation, Christmas stories. So, I'm teasing a little bit. But those things aren't on my list because I didn't watch them a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot of uh, appreciation for them. But we'll get to that later on. So, Elliot. Yeah, as the resident University of Cincinnati Bearcats fan, we we actually sure. intended on getting a a writer on the show, but he he couldn't make it. Uh, Keegan Nicholson, who writes uh, on Chad Brendel's site um, about the UC Bearcats, I was gonna have him on and kind of explain this whole situation. But Jamil Reynolds, yes, break down, explain this to me, sure, like. I'm five because my brain sometimes fires at a five-year-old level. Let me help you. Just explain it to read like a normal. Yeah. So, so what's happening here is the NCAA has all these rules, and basically the NCAA is governed by the coaches that are in, are in college basketball, college athletics. The college athletics tells the NCAA what they want. The NCAA then rules with that power until the college, some of the other college coaches don't like what the other college coaches said. So that's where this whole thing stems from. It's very confusing. Saying that, the NCAA has certain rules on these waivers. Jamil's waiver was that he felt unsafe. He transferred out. He came to the, he came to the University of Cincinnati. After that, the NCAA has deemed, or I guess they haven't deemed, they haven't really looked at the, the waiver, right? They haven't said it's bad or good. They just haven't talked to UC. They haven't talked to West Miller whatsoever. So we don't know what the status of it is, and that was the issue. So at the NCA or what uh, was it? The governor? Who? who somebody up? Uh, somebody up top? Yost filed a lawsuit with the NCAA. They they filed a restraining order because the NCAA is basically I'm not going to use the word holding Jamil captive, but essentially they have all the power for him. They they gave this they gave this restraining order. He now has 14 days to play. If he wants to play on Saturday against Dayton, he is able to do so. He can play the next game. I don't know when that next game is, but he can play that next game. I think it's Tuesday. You can play that game as well. But once these 14 days end, they will have to reconvene, and we're back to where we started. Can you play the next day or no? After 14 days? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I, I, I think this is like a temporary thing. 
So it's, it's, a, it's a pause on the restraining order. It's very confusing. Uh, and, and to be quite honest, this is why the NCA just sucks. I don't know if it's confusing. Listen, first of all, Dave Yost, Attorney General of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, explain like you're five years old. It's not the governor. Uh, well it's be. just the attorney for the state of Ohio that we right. actually all live in. Right. So they go and they can fight uh, legal battles, right, right. in Top the court lawyer. of law. Uh, the justice system, which we founded a long time ago to try to keep things right and wrong. Uh, some people like using the justice system. Some people don't. Some people think they're above it. We, we, get, we, we move past all that. But to be clear, what's going on is that you have an organization that has gotten sued. And not that we need to get into this philosophical debate, but we certainly are in a weird time in our country where it's like the easiest path to get what you want is just to really go down a, uh, a legal battle with someone because our justice system in general becomes so difficult to accuse and or basically uh, – make someone guilty in the court of law like it's really going to be it's going to be really hard for the ncaa to stand on the grounds that they're going to stop student athletes from being able to play a sport because of some arbitrary rule that the schools decided that after you transfer the second time you lose your you lose your right to be able to play basketball like but at the same time is it that arbitrary is it that arbitrary when it's been a rule for like everyone knows that rule. Like that's yeah, that's but there's like, gray area. You add in the problem with the NCAA and the problem that these schools find themselves in is that when you add in what I call loopholes, you add in gray, which is mental health, all these other check boxes that you say you can bypass. Now you open up the opportunity to argue that hey, I checked all these boxes. And are you going to say I didn't? Because if you say I didn't, I'm going to sue you because you're stopping me from doing something that you said that I can do. There's your problem. So, so my question is, and um, like, if he can play for the next two weeks, not knowing if he can play after those two weeks, Wes Miller can't play the kid, right? Like, like, what's the point of playing a kid for two weeks? Well, the point would be that he's better. I, Jamil Reynolds is a very good player. I get it, but he's he not going to be a part of your team. team in a month. And that's so, like, fair. Why play him? That's I, fair, but you have a very tough game against Dayton, and I would like all hands on deck. That would be my point. And I would agree with you that it, it doesn't make sense to game plan around a guy who might not be there the rest of the season. That would right. be silly. I Saying that, I, I, I would want my best player out in the court when it's possible. Now, will he play? I would doubt it. I, th I think they're going to make sure every box is checked. I think they're going to make sure everything's good. I think they're going to make sure he's ready to go. I, I, I don't believe he will play at least more than 10 minutes. I think it'll be a limited minutes thing. If he's if good he enough, play. he's going to play 40 minutes. I just don't think he's good enough to play 40 minutes. It's hard to not play basketball and then just roll out there and play in a real game against real competition and be serviceable. Now, um, what, I'm not what? trying to give the, the, the Sylvania kid or whatever that kid's name is from Butler. What's the kid's name? Slovak. What's the kid's name? Uh, you talking for, for UC? Yeah. Simos? Simos. Simos Lukosius has been terrible. Okay, so Lukosius is a guy that didn't play basketball for like a week and a half. Now you're going to say you can use the fact that he – the excuse that he got hit by a car or whatever, and that's fine as an excuse. But my point is, is if you go a week and a half without playing competitive basketball on the floor, you're going to be rusty, and he, he was rusty. You're, 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 you can't convince me that this Reynolds kid is just going to walk out there after not playing basketball all year long. He's going to be a contributor for 20-plus minutes. I, they're going to play. The, the fact of the matter is, is that they know behind the scenes what's going to happen. They, they, there's no doubt in my mind that the, that the Attorney General of Ohio, Dave Yost, shout out Dave Yost, he's going to tell the school, yo, they already suspended this for 14 days so they don't get sued more. 
So they're trying to, they're already okay. trying to, they're hedge their bets. They're giving themselves some time to just rectify the whole situation and do it cleanly. Therefore, I, in my opinion, already think they know the answer before they come out with it. So, like, I, if that's the case, then yeah, you, you need to play them. But there, there's two things about this situation that, you know, in terms of just like building a team and, you know, trying to have a, a beneficial season that don't, that don't register in my brain. And the first is like, if you don't know if this kid's going to play after two weeks, then I don't see any benefit in playing him right now. You can say, yeah, I mean, you get a better player against Dayton and, and you can win that game. But at the end of the day, you, you got to be ready for Big 12 play. And if this kid's not going to be a part of Big 12 play for the majority of the year, then what's the point of playing him? It seems like you are taking time away from players that are actually going to play when the games mean the most. So that's the first thing that I don't comprehend. And secondly, as a coach, I don't under I don't comprehend the line that Wes Miller can take in simultaneously keeping his team ready to play while also having this ginormous distraction in your ear, buzz it in your ear. At some point, you gotta it's either gotta happen or you gotta cut you gotta cut bait and, and, and keep playing. Because you cannot continue this going on all season long. And maybe it yeah. won't. You know, it's still very early on in the year. But if this is lingering into Big 12 play, we're in the middle of January and this stuff's still going on. At some point, Wes Miller's got to look at look at Reynolds and say, like, hey, I fought for your kid. But it, it's hurting the team talking about this every day. It's hurting the team that we are distracted with this going on while we're trying to play in the best conference in college basketball. Does that make sense to you guys at all? It does. Uh, but it just depends on how good Jameel Reynolds is. If Jameel Reynolds, still, if way, Jameel Reynolds is Michael Jordan, which we all know he's not, it's like, well, who cares? We'll talk about him every day if we can get him on the team at the very, very end. Now, That's I get your fair. point, though. I get your That's point. I get fair. your point. And, and I think that at some point there needs to be a line in the sand, and I don't think they've hit that line in the sand yet. I would I would argue that maybe January – Game one seems like it, right? January one would probably be that line in the sand for me. But, I mean, at this point, it seems as if he's going to be back. I would say this. I first of all, he's been practicing the same way Aziz was, right? So when Aziz when Aziz got cleared, boom, he was ready to play. Jamil will be ready to play uh, on Saturday if they so choose to let him play. I don't think it's as big as big as a distraction as as Reed makes is making it out to be. I think it's, it's certainly giant a giant distraction. We I talk about it every press conference. You do, but you're also still you're still with the guys and you know what you have there. It's not like you're not you're not losing anything because you're still fighting for Jamil Reynolds. I don't think that takes away from what you're trying to accomplish here. I, I, I think right now they have a guy who they want to play and they're gonna continue to fight for him to play while you also work with the other guys at the same time. I don't think it's a giant distraction. Last point I'm gonna make on this um, is I also think it would be very disingenuous of Wes to sit there every press conference and argue that this guy should play. He should be able to play. He should be able to play. His mental health, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm not downplaying the mental health part. I'm just saying, like, that he's making this argument that this kid should play. Right. And then he's got 14 days to play, and you don't play him at all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bad a look. look. That's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, but as to what Elliot was saying about how, it, how it's not, not a distraction, the, the reason that it is a distraction is because when you constantly talk about it, Guess what these players are like sitting sitting around when they're they're at their apartments or they're in the locker room that's on like, hey, wait till we get Reynolds back. We're playing well right now, but wait till we get Reynolds back. And that's in the back of their mind always. So it's hard to focus on, on, on what you have tasked in front of you. And to say it's not a big distraction, I, I, I strongly disagree with. I'm not sitting there at every practice that Wes Miller has, but 
I don't know. It just it just seems like too big of a distraction to to really work through. And and to Trace's point, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard to argue that this kid really needs to play for his mental health. And then you have a two week period where you can't play him, and then you just go like, "Hey, sorry, kid. It's it's gonna we're, we we can't do this. It's for the betterment of the team." So I get the point, but there there certainly needs to be a cutoff at some point in the season where they go, "Look, I at this point." We got to focus in on the year. We, we fought for your Reynolds. We lost NCAA. They suck. All the yada yada yada. I, I, listen, if it, if it was the NFL season, you might call me crazy for thinking this. But if we're playing a year, and you know Jake Browning's playing the, the starting quarterback for for the year, and then they say, hey, you get you get Joe Burrow for week seven and eight. I'm not playing Joe Burrow for week seven and eight. If if the if in week nine we have we can't play him anymore, right? So that's that's just the whole point that I'm making is it doesn't help the team if he isn't going to get to play. But if Trace is right and they know something behind the scenes, if they kind of know that he's going to get a chance to play, I think they thought that he was already going to get to play to this point. So there is that that lingering. But I don't know. I don't know. Any final thoughts before we before we dive into? Uh... I would say that he would be a significant upgrade over Simas Lukosius as of this second. I think he needs to play. Uh, at least for the 14 days that he is available to play. And to answer your question, you said Joe, you wouldn't want Joe Burrow to come in week seven and eight, a fully healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah, if like say he was suspended for the entire year. Yeah. And then in like the NFL is like, yeah, you can play him for week seven and eight. I wouldn't want him to play because he's not going to be a part of the team week nine. So what's the point there? I think it would depend on the state of that team, but I think you would want more than likely you'd want Joe Burrow to play. That's a fair debate. Uh, to be clear, uh, I think you're getting accused of saying that you don't think he should be able to play or something along those lines. All you're saying is that if you think that he's going to be suspended for the rest of the year, you wouldn't put him in the mix because it just becomes a distraction and there's just, you're, 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 you're trying to get fluidity within a basketball team and some kind of, some kind of uh, good repetition and you're trying to get good lineups in there and you're trying to get a feel for who you are. Mm -hmm. You don't want to throw in a wrench in the middle of your season of something that's not going to be there when it matters the most. At the end of the day, that's what you're arguing. Correct. I think the, the, that we're all on the same page. It's just a matter of whether or not the UC feels as if right. that kid's going to be there the rest which of the year. Gamble, which is a it gamble. Seems to me like, it seems to me like they, 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 that he's going to be. The, the, the best way to... To hit home the point that I yeah if I, if I don't think he's going to be playing in the tournament I don't think he should play him I you know I know it's it's a bad comparison to compare high school to college but in high school in Ohio when you transfer to school sometimes you have to sit out for half the year it used to be where you have to sit out for the second half or the the first half of the year then you can play in the the end they changed it to where you can only play the first say for football you can only play the first five games I've always thought that if you can only play the first five games what's the point of playing them because when the games mean the most if he's some ardent part of your team, then you're just hurting your team by having him play for the first five weeks when you could be getting kids ready to play that are going to play in meaningful football. I think the same thing happens for UC, that if you don't know if he's going to get to play for the rest of the year, then I don't think you can play him. But if you, as Trace has alluded to multiple times, if you kind of like in the back of your mind just go, hey, I think this kid's going to get a chance to play, then yeah, go ahead, carry on the year. I just don't want it to be a distraction to UC and who's the greatest college basketball team the world's ever seen. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the, this Saturday. That was good. That was a good way to end that. I like that. Um, this Saturday, the Cincinnati Bengals will take on the Minnesota Vikings. So two newsworthy things came out. Roster decisions for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, Josh Dobbs has been benched for Mullins. And then secondly, the best wide receiver in the National Football League 
is going to play in Justin Jefferson. The Bengals started out as four-point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings at home, and I think the line is now down to three, two and a half, depending on the book that you get it on. I haven't looked at our, our sponsorship, uh, Betfred Sportsbook, recently, but it's sitting right around there. Uh, guys, I, I tasked everyone with uh, giving a key to the game. Traces is great because he, he thought about it the, all the time. So, uh, Casey, we'll start with you. What is your key to the game for the Cincinnati Bengals to win this Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings to keep their playoff hopes alive? Reed, my key to the game is for them to continue to have running success. Um, they need to be able to continue to hand the ball off to Mixon, hand it off to Chase Brown, and that also includes the extension of the run game, getting those screens working, getting that involved, getting the, the short game working, um, all in an effort to help slow down the Vikings' relentless rush and blitz. That's my key to the game. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I fought with a lot of people about running the ball and how important running the ball is to every offense, not just the Cincinnati Bengals. And <laughs> it's dead wrong about a lot of things this year. I said that the Cincinnati Bengals' offense, you know, is built around kind of an air game, right? Three three great targets and wide receivers. Joe Burrow, they, they take shotgun. That's how this team was built. And now we're seeing a change in that because of a change in quarterback. And I think Tom made the point, you can't let the, the inmates run the asylum. You can't let your offensive identity be dependent on what Joe Burrow wants to do. And now that they've changed it and let Jake Browning kind of do what he does best, which is go under center, um, run some play action, run the ball, run some screens. The offense has scored 30-plus points in, in two consecutive games, and a big part of that is just their commitment to run the game, to run the ball. I think part of the reason that they've also ran the ball more is just because it felt so desperate two weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, the first game in which Jake Browning played, when playoff hopes were still lingering before, before they were re rejuvenated and beaten two games— is they, they just dropped him back. They only ran the ball eight times. So they stayed to what Joe Burrow had done. Didn't work, obviously, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So then they're like, all right, let's try some new stuff. Let's get Chase Brown some snaps. And it's it's paid dividends. It really has. Uh, apparently, you know, when everyone talks about you need to run the ball to have an effective offense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a no-brainer. Elliot, Elliot Rue. That's right. My key to the game. You're going to want to get to Nick Mullins. I need Trey Hendrickson to be all over him. Sam Hubbard, get all over him. Nick Mullins shouldn't have more than one second to throw the football. Get to this guy. Make him make stupid plays. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but Nick Mullins is not a good quarterback. He is probably what Jake Browning in my head was uh, before the season. Just a substandard quarterback that shouldn't be playing football. <clears throat> and I, I say that with love and respect. If Trey Hendrickson can get to, get to Nick Mullins, we are going to win the game. Sack him four times. We'll call it a day. That guy's not going to have any time. He doesn't know how to throw, doesn't know where to throw. If Justin Jefferson plays, that's certainly going to help him, unfortunately, because Jefferson can just grab any ball in the air at any time. Hawkinson is another guy who I will look for uh, because every tight end in the world has tore up this Bengals defense. But again, we haven't been able to get to the quarterback a ton, but when we do, it's a win. You got to Lamar Jackson that first half, I guess the first half of the first half. And Lamar Jackson couldn't, couldn't, move the, couldn't move the rock. Couldn't do it. Get to him. Get to him early. Get to him often. Make him make the mistakes. We win this game. I think it's a tired thing when people talk about, when are we going to get credit in the national media? Yada, 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 yada. 
But in all seriousness, when is Trey Hendrickson going to get more acclaim from, from national pundits? You know, I'm looking at the sacks leaders in the National Football League coming in at number one, Khalil Mack. Obviously, everyone knows how great Khalil Mack is. Coming in at number two, T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt has exactly half a sack better than Trey Hendrickson this year. Other names on this list, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. But Trey Hendrickson tied for third in the NFL in sacks, 13 and a half sacks this year. And that's coming off back-to-back years where he was incredible. And when we signed Trey Hendrickson, the talk was, oh, this guy benefited from, I think it was Cam Jordan, right? Yeah. In the sense, he benefited from Cam Jordan. That's why, you know, he was top 10 in sacks, but really it was Cam Jordan just feeding him. This guy's not really good of a pass rusher. And here we are three years into Trey Hendrickson and, and stripes, and he has been worth every single penny that we have given him. You know, we, we talk a lot about pass rush, and it does seem like at times the Cincinnati Bengals don't have a, a very proactive pass rush, I guess, right? It doesn't seem very consistent, but there's times where Trey Hendrickson absolutely takes over the game, as he did against the Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday. So hopefully he does the exact same um, on Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings. I will go in to, to my key to the game. Listen. We made a lot of noise about why these these screens are working for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon and uh, and Chase Brown both broke away on huge screens this past Sunday against the Colts. And why are they working? And and I think it was Coach Kasky that put out on Kasky's clicker. It, it, it's because of just the balanced offensive attack that the Bengals have. And a good way, the, the, the word around the Minnesota Vikings is how often they blitz. And a good way to counterpunch the blitz is doing just exactly that. You got to keep having effective screen game if you want to limit what the Minnesota Vikings do best and that is that is they're going to blitz the crap out of Jake Browning. And and we all know what blitzes do to inexperienced quarterbacks. Jake Browning's now only played uh what th- three starts, three and a half games. So he's just going to absolutely they've got to just keep running these screen plays. That's how you limit what the Minnesota Vikings do the best, and that is, you know, just get in the face of uh, the starting quarterback. So, Trace, Trace, up, boss? yeah, you ready for your key to the game? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it doesn't take long to watch football with the Cincinnati Bengals to know what the, the what, what the ultimate um, issue or non-issue will be for the Cincinnati Bengals to make the postseason. It's simply going to be their secondary. You can say whatever you want. This team's secondary is atrocious, and, and they, they have holes. And if they are able to get Awuzie back, possibly, at some point, or if these guys can continue to mature and get better uh, each and every single week. Now, the good news is they don't really play an elite quarterback this week, so maybe my key to the game would be, are they going to get thrashed in the secondary? Uh, you said Justin Jefferson's going to play? He is. That's not great. Hopefully he has the same amount of time that he played in the last game uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, and therefore he'll be in for like two plays and then have to leave. If he is in there, then, then it's going to require – more than likely double coverage, and then you're going to have one-on-one situations with these other guys. And so far this year, that has not been all that, uh, not been all that great. To be honest, the Vikings have pretty good weapons. Um, right, great weapons. And it all comes down to whether the quarterback's going to be able to deliver the ball. And you mentioned it. Do you, does he have time to deliver the ball? Or I should say, Elliot Mimi mentioned that. It's that that's a that's obviously a key. But at the end of the day. The Bengals team is only going to go as far as their defense allows them to go, in my opinion. That's the one thing that when I look back at last year's team and the year before that and this year's team, their defense, to me, seems significantly worse. Um, and, and their offense, obviously, at times 
certainly with with Jake Browning against the Steelers, you could argue that that there's still somewhat concerned there because you know they looked they they looked very abysmal and their defense did hold the Steelers down, but that was just felt like a muddy uh, Iowa versus Nebraska football game in a way. Um, so I'm not going to kind of use that as the the main shining example this year. We'll see. This is a this is a must win game for the yeah. Bengals. A must win game because if they don't win this game, then they have to kind of like go above and beyond. My terrible analogy of the day when you're in high school, uh, you kind of have like a freebie quiz or something, you know, like or a homework that you turn in that's worth a good amount of points. Mm-hmm. If you don't turn that homework assignment in, it doesn't mean you don't. It doesn't mean you fail the class and you're going to flunk out. It just means you have to get a 95 on the on the final, and the final is going to be next week against the Chiefs. Two weeks. Uh, in two weeks, excuse me. If you turn if you turn this in this week and you get a good grade on it, beat the Vikings. You kind of get a pass against the Chiefs, to be honest. Yeah, listen, the Bengals have four games remaining in the year. The, obviously, the key is to get to ten and seven, and then the Bengals will likely make the postseason. So you got to go three and one against the Vikings, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Chiefs. Um, it's funny enough. I told Casey how similar the playoff situation is to even two years ago. Um, two years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this. But the Bengals went into the final two weeks of the year needing to win one game. The final two teams that they played were the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. Everyone believed that the Cincinnati Bengals would have to beat the Browns to get in the postseason because they just pretty much just said, all right, you're going to lose to the Chiefs. Um, You're going to have to beat the Browns, winner take all, get in the postseason, win the division. And, uh, of course, the Bengals beat the Chiefs at home. So it's it's kind of lining up like that, but obviously there's two games before that to make that make sense. As for the secondary, I think Everett Henry put in the chat, and I think it was a, a valid point, and I agree with him, is that a lot of these guys in the secondary, I do like. I like Dax Hill. I like Jordan Battle. Obviously, I like Cam Taylor Britt. I like uh, Awuzie. DJ Ivy, all these guys I, I do like. There's just a lot of inexperience there, so you're seeing those mistakes unfold. Um, he talked about JJ. Obviously, tight ends have just gashed the Cincinnati Bengals this year, and really for a considerable amount of time. Trey Flowers, notably, was the guy that they had always put on tight ends. And, uh, yeah, with him gone, we haven't figured out how to limit tight ends. TJ Hawkinson's one of the better tight ends in the league. So how can TJ Hawkinson dice up this secondary along with the best wide receiver in the in the league luckily the minnesota vikings are on their third string quarterback so we'll see how it all unplays the Bengals still field goal favorites against the minnesota vikings at home this saturday and as trace mentioned it you got to win this one because you got to win three or four and uh certainly the hardest game on the schedule would be going into arrowhead something that the Bengals don't want their season to rely on so it comes right here when you're when you're a three-point favorite at home you got to get it done You've got to get it done. They scored 13 points the last two weeks as well. I mean, the Vikings aren't coming to this game with, right. with much with much momentum. They've scored fewer points in the final three weeks than the Bengals scored on Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. After ever the Josh Dobbs story was a fantastic story when he came over. Obviously, Kirk Cousins goes down. They trade for Josh Dobbs right before the trade deadline, and he comes in and, and wins the game. Looks great. Didn't know any of the receivers' names. Since then, it's, it's not been good to a point where he actually got benched for Mullins. So um, it feels a lot like uh, what it felt like going into the Texans games for me to where they should get it done. They should win this game. But it feels like after two consecutive big wins that it, there's going to be a let up. I hope that's not the case. Power, Power said every every game for the Bengals is a must-win game. I don't I don't look at it like that. I they have one. They they have they have one. They have one freebie. Pa- they have one, one freebie, freebie, right? They they have the they have the uh, 
like the bingo card. You got the one free space in the middle. It seems as if they have that that one. Although, if you had to pick which one they would lose, which one would you choose? Oddly enough, you would think that you would choose this game if you knew that you could win the rest of them. Yeah, so there was <laughs> there was articles in the Inquirer that was brought out about which is the least important game on the Bengals' schedule, and they circled the Minnesota Vikings because it's an NFC team, and the Bengals need to win conference games to help them kind of uh, in the playoff race because um, their conference record's so bad, their division record's so bad. But I disagree with that because this is a game you need to win. When you're a three-point favorite at home, you got to win that game. So yeah, in essence, it is the least important game because it doesn't determine any tiebreakers or anything like that. But as we all know, the number one tiebreaker is your win-loss. So they get the 10-7. and seven, They'll get in. It starts this Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings. It's, it's going to be a good game. And... Uh, it's, it's so interesting what has happened to these Bengals over the past, really this entire year. All the things that we've we've argued about and it culminating and it's coming into this Saturday. Man, it's been, a, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster. All right, we've made a lot of talk. Yesterday we talked about AFC, NFC. Um, me and Elliot were spitballing ideas that we could talk about on today's show with Tom and his absence. And one thing that I think could, could spark a lot of debate is uh, which teams are for real and which teams are frauds in the National Football League. Listen, I, I think it's a bit tired to call everybody frauds, and that's what people like to do, right? Kansas City Chiefs are frauds. Viking, the Jags are frauds. The Dolphins, Cowboys, yada, yada, yada. These teams are all frauds. It's like, well, if these teams aren't good, they've won 10 games in the National Football League, then, then who is good? Is there only one good team in the NFL? Is it just the 49ers? Is it just the 49ers and the Ravens and the other 32 teams are, are crud? I disagree. But we'll get into it. So, guys, new segment today. That I'm is... not saying crud, but frauds. There's a difference between being bad and being a fraud. There's a difference. Will you elaborate? Yeah, being bad means it's uncompetitive. You're never going to win anyway. Nothing, nothing matters. A fraud is when you're playing good, but everybody knows deep down that you're playing above, well above your expectation. Great, a great explanation right there. Yep, you killed I agree it. with that. That was, that was the only last, though, before we do this segment, and I'm going to throw it back yeah. to you, can you please, since you're the leader of the show here, I want you to at least give us a foundation of what it means that you're, of what a good team is. Like, what, where, where is the fraud, non-fraud line at? Are we talking like uh, I think that's first like round of the postseason exit means you're a fraud if you win one game in the postseason? Where, what are we at? If the Cowboys do this, then they cannot be called frauds. I kind of want to. I want to know that. So that, if I if I give you a definition, then we can't debate because then then you can just look at it left and right. So you got to well, we leave it. You got to leave it ambiguous, so that that we kind of get into it and, and discuss. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I gave you like oh if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's based you're off fraud. their it's based off their expectation. Well, like I know that the Cowboys like, are going to be one of the teams that certainly that, that we're going to debate about probably because I think the Cowboys are a damn good football team, right. a really good football team, and I think they can win the Super Bowl. The, the, the point that many of you may make is saying you're going to say they're frauds. I just want to know on the front end if we're going to call people frauds, when do we stop calling them frauds if they do what? Because that way we have at least we can say someone's right or wrong at the end of the year. Not well, that, not right now, whether or not. Well, that's why Elliot said it's based off of their expectation. If they're playing above yeah, what their are the, expectation. What are, the, what are the Cowboys' expectations at this yeah. point? Is it winning a Super Bowl? Because if so, then they're right on schedule, right? 
I would put the Cowboys' expectations at something they haven't done in, what, 26 years, which is yeah. make the NFC Championship game. So that's a playoff win, if not two, depending on if they get the, the one seed or not. So that's where I'll put the Cowboys. So it, 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 it's all context. It all is context. There's not, okay. there's not a definitive line. And you know what? We'll start it off in the NFC, not with the Dallas Cowboys, but the other team that people are considering frauds, um, the Detroit Lions. We'll start with the Salmon Boys. Mm. Frauds are for real, the Detroit Lions. I have never had more confidence in my answer than I'm, what I'm about to say. They are the biggest fraud in the sport. At no point can this team win a playoff game. They might sneak one in the NFC because God knows who they'll play in the first round. But Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. I, we can sit up here and say whatever we want about Jared Goff. He went to a Super Bowl and scored zero touchdowns in that game. Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. They have way too much offensive talent to not be killing teams. They, they, they got destroyed. Destroyed by the Chicago Bears. Destroyed. They got dismantled by the Baltimore Ravens. This team is not good. Granted, everybody predicted them to win this division because of how bad it is. It's the Packers, it's the Vikings, and it's the Bears. But the Vikings are not winning, or excuse me, the, the, the Detroit Lions are not winning a playoff game. This is a fraudulent team. They remind me of last year's Minnesota Vikings a little bit. That team won a ton of games, but everybody knew deep down that they were never going to win a playoff game. I think they, were they eliminated by the Giants? They yeah. lost to the Giants last year That's in the correct. playoffs. Yep. Brutal. This is that team. This is a bad football team. Again, let me, let me rephrase. This is a team that's playing well above what they should be playing right now. Not good. Fraud. If you look at their schedule, though, I would at least give them a little bit of a, a, little bit of a pass on the fact that they have, to play on, uh, they have to play on Thanksgiving. So that throws a little wrench in your schedule. Then they turn around and they play on the road back-to-back -back weeks, and then now they finally go back and they have a home game uh, against the Broncos. <clears throat> and again, another primetime slot. Uh, which is going to be they playing on Saturday. And so Jared Goff Saturday plays night. phenomenally at home. Um, that's the other thing, too. I, I think it's fair to say that there's some teams built for certain environments and some teams that are not built for certain environments. And I definitely feel that, that way about the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a team, when they play at home, they're a much different team on that turf. They have quick guys. You throw them up in Buffalo this week, and I don't know if they're the same team. The same thing you could be said about the Lions. I think the Lions, if they're playing at home, they're on that turf, that you got uh, a good pass rush, you allow those guys to be able to get up upfield, and I still think they're going to win a playoff game. I do. So, yeah, I think if, if you, wanted, you wanted an explanation for whether they're frauds or for reals, I would say the Detroit Lions' expectations this year are to win a postseason game, something that they haven't done since the year of our Lord, 19. 92. So it's been 31 years, similar to where the Bengals were a couple of years ago, uh, since they won their last playoff game. And yes, I think they can win a playoff game. The reason I think they win a playoff game is because I think that the wild card games in the NFC, there's not going to be like the, the wild card teams aren't going to be super competitive. Um, aren't going to be, obviously, there's going to be one very competitive wild card team, whether it be the Cowboys or the Eagles. Um, after that, there's not going to be a whole lot of competitive teams. Like, if they have to, to take on the, the Packers at home, that's a tough game. But I think that's one that the Lions should win. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I, there's this lingering thing that is, that is your history, your team's history. And until you can overcome that team's history, I'm going to continue to lump you in with what you've done in the past. And the Detroit Lions have showed me nothing 
over my life, over the 27 years that I've been alive, that they are a for real team. They've had some good teams, right? Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson made the postseason, what, three times, twice? And nothing to show for it. In fact, got blown out in two of those games. So I still think the Detroit Lions are frauds. They've just lost too many games by wide margins this year to think that they are for real. So, Casey? Did you say they've lost too many games by wide margins? They lost one this Sunday. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I I think the Lions, um, most to, to everyone's expectations, are to win a playoff game. I think we all agree with that. And they're not going to have anything below the third seed, um, mainly because of how poor the NFC South is at this very moment. And that would mean that they would play – if you're looking at the top teams that are six and seven, I mean, you're looking at Packers, Vikings, probably Rams, Seahawks. I know they're not uh, six and seven, the Vikings, but the Packers, Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints. I think they can beat all those teams. Um, they would be expected to beat those teams. They would be favored. And the fact that they're going to have a home playoff game, I think, makes the world of difference. When they're in Detroit, Jared Goff plays phenomenally. Right. When he's away, he plays much worse. So I'm going to go with they're not frauds. I think they are for real. I don't think they make it past the wild card round, though. Divisional round. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think they make it past the division. But they win a playoff game, yeah. which would be something which that their be, franchise hasn't done in 30 years. They'd be on pace. Like, they're still... Like, we all agree, like, Jared Goff is probably not the long-term answer. So, they're still building a significant, like, roster, right? Right. They're preparing for that guy to come in. So, yeah, I think they're on pace. Yeah, that's the whole fraud thing. Because if if we're talking about the Lions being competitive to try to get to a Super Bowl, they're they're the the world's biggest frauds. Right. I'm looking at their schedule, and I just – sometimes you wonder how in the world you get so many games in a row that go your way, right? Like – they had to play some crossover games in the AFC, and they 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 have they got the Chargers, and yes, they played the Chiefs first game of the year, but outside of that, they had they had played the Ravens, and they got absolutely mollywopped. And uh, like close, they were I dismantled mean, by the Packers they're, they're, too. By the way, I mean 29-22 would be dismantled. Gar- garbage, that was garbage time. They but, scored that last touchdown in the last seconds. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. I don't know. That was Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Right. So they've they've gotten. Thumped. They're not playing Three good times. football right now, I can tell you. They're not. I mean, they, they, they snuck by the Chargers. They snuck by the Bears. They lost to the Packers. They snuck by the Saints, and then they lost to the Bears. So, Do you like Jared Goff as a quarterback? Elliot and Casey do not. I think it's. I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. Been so. to a Super Bowl. He, he comes into Detroit, and they've had him a chance to make the postseason yeah. last year. He reminds me of a better Andy Dalton. That's what I would say. I, and I think Andy Dalton is serviceable. Worse, I call him a worse yeah. Andy Dalton. Isn't it so funny that here in Cincinnati, the the baseline of whether yeah. you're a good quarterback or not is just Andy Dalton? Anytime that there's like a guy that's just kind of a game manager somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle of the pack, we're just like, is he better or worse than Andy Dalton? Kirk Cousins, better or worse than Andy Dalton? He's much better than much, Andy Dalton. Much better. Much better than Andy Dalton. Dak Prescott. Much, much better, better than Andy Dalton. Jimmy the, Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy worse. Garoppolo is, worse. yeah, he's right there. Right. Okay. Right there. It is, that's, that's my favorite game. 
Yeah, it's just you just compare any quarterback to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is quite literally this. He's the 16th best quarterback of all time. It is you. You are right, right by asking the Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins because in the are you better than Andy Dalton like roster? Yeah, they're at the top of that, yeah. right? They're the, they're the they're the best quarterbacks that you'll ask that question. Are yeah. they better than Andy Dalton or not? Derek Carr, that's a good one. Derek Carr is he, Andy Dalton. He is Andy. He Dalton. literally he's is the exact Andy same quarterback. But he's he's a uh, he's. He's a more confident Andy Dalton in the fact that he he thinks he can do things. Like Andy Dalton doesn't think he can throw it through a defense. He, he's a no. grungy Andy right, Dalton. Right, right. He's he, he's he's Andy Dalton that listens to Pearl Jam and Nirvana. That that's <laughs> who that's who Derek Carr is. All right, so we'll we'll go back over in the AFC, which is a team that I think mirrors the Detroit Lions in a lot of ways, and I think that is the Miami Dolphins. Frauds are for real. Casey McAllister. Ooh. Um. I would say that Miami's expectations this year are winning their division, winning a playoff game, right? The pretty much the same expectations. They haven't won a playoff game in a while. Uh, and if that's the case, they're currently sitting at the second seed in the NFL right now. That would mean that they're playing Pittsburgh or Indy. Yep. Um, man, that's... I think Miami can beat a wild card team. I think they can beat any of the wild card teams if they're having a good day, if they're all healthy. I think the problem is Tyree Kill is the team. That is their team, is Tyree Kill's ability to torture defense. And if they play a team like the Browns, they play a team like Pittsburgh who can get after the quarterback, I don't know how that goes. So I'm going to just say that for now, you know what? They're frauds. They're frauds. I, I just I can't. <laughs> you I can't get worked around. I, I was gonna work myself to say that they're not frauds, but they're frauds. If they played the Browns, I think they lose. They played Pittsburgh. I think it's a close game. Um, I think they play the Bengals. If we're all healthy, I think we put up a really good fight. Buffalo blew them out. Like there's something. There's something there. I think I think they are a little bit fraudy. They haven't beat a team over 500 yet. They've beaten one, I believe. One, I believe just they've won one game. Listen, so. I when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, we it is December 14th, and I'll I'll go on record and saying they will not win a postseason game. I watch them, and yeah, they do some exciting things. Everyone's in love with 70 to 20 against the Denver Broncos back in Week Three, but every time I watch them, they just don't show up. When the lights get brightest, they're just not there. Their win is the Broncos. That's their one. That's their lone win over 500 back when the Broncos were one and five. Digress. The Miami Dolphins will not win a postseason game. I think that they are, you want to talk about, we, we throw this term around because of our boss said it last year. They are the fidget spinners of the teams in the NFL. They got all these gadgets, got all these doohickeys, got all these fun things. But when push comes to shove, they're not a serious football team. Tom, oh, here they come in with their teal. <laughs> That's how I think of the Miami Dolphins. Not a very serious football team. They don't do the things that football, serious football teams do to win. And I'll give you $100 without looking it up if you can tell me the quarterback who quarterbacked the last Miami Dolphins playoff win. They beat the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. It was Jay Fielder. Damn. Jay Fielder. Salmon boys. Hmm. Miami Dolphins. Frauds are for real. If they don't have Tyree Kill, they are definitely frauds. I, I I hold open the idea that I think they can win a playoff game if they have Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill is slept on as arguably, I don't want to say 
clearly the best wide receiver in the game, but uh, you could make the case to me that he's the most impactful wide receiver in the game. There's really an arg- only an argument um, for two wide receivers being the best in the game. Three. And, and you can't get it wrong. I, I Jamar's right there, but I would I would leave J.J. and Tyreek in a league of their own. I think Jamar has to be there. I really do. I, I, think, I think he's I third. Think Jamar's, I think undisputed third. I don't know, man. I think Jamar's right there. I would put Jamar right there. Um, I think Jamar does have like the, the best. I wish you would have got Panay Sewell. The the only the only thing about um, Tyree Kill that makes him just significantly different than everyone else is that he can get himself so wide open that other guys just can't do that because they're not that quick and they're not that fast. Could you imagine having a football team where you have the art the the, the best tight end? Uh, that the that the football game has ever seen. You have McCole Hardman and you have Tyree Kill on the same roster, the same team to throw footballs to. That would be awesome. But I don't know if that's ever happened. Just thought, just a thought to think about. Um, Seems like you'd win a Super Bowl with that roster. Easily win a Super Bowl with those three guys. I mean, it would almost be unfair. But my point is, if they do not have Tyree Kill, they they have no chance. If they do have Tyreek Hill, I think they could win a playoff game, yes. Because if you sit here and tell me that the Steelers, like, come on, guys. Like, I know Casey just said the Steelers uh, can beat them. The Steelers can't beat them. The Steelers cannot beat them. I don't think so? You think they can? I think, the Steelers on. are easily the worst of the AFC contenders. There's I don't no know. It. it is. I also will say, and I know this is Cincinnati's show, and, and I'm, a Bengal, I'm Mr. Bengal hater. I think that's a bad matchup for the Bengals. Of all the teams that I would say, yeah. hey, I, I like the Bengals the matchup with in a wild card round, I, and I, I'm not saying that the, the Dolphins are just because they're a juggernaut. It's just a matchup thing. It's like styles make fights in boxing. Sometimes one style of fighter just gives a guy fits and everyone else it doesn't matter. If you tell me that Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill are completely healthy with two at quarterback in that secondary, I'm going to have a hard time believing they're not going to be able to slow them down. I'm going to say, unfortunately, the the, the Miami Dolphins are fraudulent. They're fra- they're a fraudulent they're a fraudulent program. Uh, listen, I will say this though: in one of the most Tom underrated part of, part of their games, Raheem Mostert's the second best running back in the NFL this season, and 30, they do have him. Thirty-one as, year old. Is he the thirty-one year old running back? Yeah, uh, he's almost at a, he's almost no, at a, he's almost at a thousand yards. He's almost at a thousand yards, and that's not 31. to mention they also have a chain as well. So there is another aspect to their team. I do think Tua is kind of a fraudulent quarterback, and I do think without Tyreek Hill, they don't win games. That monstrosity I watched on Monday night almost cemented it, and Everett's been saying it in the chat. It almost cemented the fact that they are the world's biggest frauds. I think the Dolphins can win a playoff game. Like, if I think if the Dolphins played the Steelers, I think they boat race them. I don't think that's close. I could be wrong. I don't think it's close. I think what the saying that I would take the other team, whoever's playing the Dolphins in the postseason, I'd take their opponent. The, you'd, you'd take the Broncos. I would take every team except for maybe. I think the, I think maybe, the, I think the Broncos would beat the Dolphins. Except except for the Steelers. Except for the Steelers, I think the Steelers. Colts are Colts would be another one that you'd be a little iffy on. But I like, would take the Col- it would be a shootout. I think that would be a shootout, and I think the Colts might win that. It'd be close. But like Texans, Bills, Bengals, like all those teams. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, Trace is right. Styles do make fights, so it really just depends on who you get. Um, but I just – I look at the Dolphins, and I just – maybe Tom's rubbing off on me too much because I just – Let's also say people are in the chat saying the, Dolph- the, the Dolphins uh, always fail in December. They lost their starting quarterback last year. They went into Buffalo, and they were in that game. They were in the game. They, they, they were right That's there right. to win a football game. With, That's true. I don't even remember who their quarterback was. 
I think it was Seagrest. I what, what, what am I pulling? Seagrest? But my, that's my point. Is like let's not sit here and act like uh, they've not at least been somewhat. I don't know. I, not that we want to give moral awards around here or moral victories because they have they held a game close and and. Skylar Thompson. But. It was Skylar Thompson. That game was disgusting. Yeah. That game. That game almost started a fight between me and my boss. What? Which boss? Yeah, it did. The the one. Me, 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 me and Trace were sitting in here he screaming at, at each other. Screaming at each other. He's mad because I looked at the system and the system <laughs> said that the, the Dolphins had a chance of winning. So I was like, you know what, the Dolphins are to win. And he's like, oh my god. So it would turn into an argument. It was it was just funny because like the weeks prior. He'd been talking about how the Bills aren't very good, yeah. how the Dolphins aren't very good, or and then he just all this. No, it was it was the the, the Bills are incredible. They're they're unstoppable, and the Dolphins aren't very good. Then he checks the system and it says says bet the the Dolphins, and he comes in here and is just like, man, the Dolphins are gonna beat up on the Bills, and I was, it was awesome. It was speaking it was, of you best, speaking of that breaking. Uh, we'll do some breaking news here real Ooh. fast. All right, listen, <laughs> El Elliot Elliot's taking pictures of himself on the ground, like, oh, woe is me. Look how bad my life is. I can't win a bet because yeah. I place fifty five thousand live bets in real time, and I make the dumbest bets in the world. But you know, for some reason, I can't ever win any bets. Um. If I gave you two options, you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. I'll give you a $100 Christmas bonus that I'll just give you $100. Okay. Or I'll give you a $400 free bet, but I have to pick the game and you have to live stream yourself watching the game the entire time. $400, by the way, if you lose it, you get nothing. Take it. $100 guaranteed. Take you it. pick the game, though? Why would I, you pick the game? Because you can't win a bet. And I'm not going to give four hundred dollars. You some, can't look at me bet. in my eye. You can't look at me in my eye sockets and say that your system is at a productive season this year. You can't. I'll tell you this. I'll I know for it. a fact that it's been more profitable than the system that you're using. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's unproven. Unproven. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll live stream. That's fine. $400. You're gonna live stream this it? weekend. Uh, I, it's not. It's not. It's not this weekend. No, it, it is going to be a game in which takes some time. So we're not going to build it up too much yet. But there's one game that I've seen that I feel very confident about. This game will be in January, and this game is going to be on January first. Uh, okay, yes. then fine. I'll do it. Craig, I love you here, but uh, he says you should pick a game with a minus four hundred favorite so you can just get your hundred dollar bonus. Ooh. And I was like, wouldn't you just take the $100 at that point? Correct. Yeah, that would be a bad bet. Right. That would be, that would be the options um, there. All right. I'll do that. Let's, uh, let's move it on. Frauds or for reals? This is the one that uh, I've been waiting on. Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Salmon boys. Swimming upstream up there. These boys are frauds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are the fraudiest dudes out. Seriously, they, you want to talk about on. putting lipstick on a pig. That's <laughs> what the Chiefs on. are. Whoa. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are the lipstick, and the rest of the whole thing is nothing but a big old fat pig that's as ugly as Their they come. Their defense is great. You ever, gone to a bar, great. you ever gone to a bar and there's the beautiful woman with this four other women that are not as beautiful, and when I say not as beautiful, not even close? Mm -hmm. That is essentially what the Chiefs are. So don't get fooled by the one because you still got the other four. Their defense is still top five in the league. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing saving them. Those that the Kansas City Chiefs are for real. Come on, they are a for real team. They still have the best quarterback in the NFL. I will say though, if Patrick Mahomes, if these guys aren't able to catch passes, 
and they are unable to catch seems passes. Seems tough to win games, doesn't it? It seems <laughs> tough to win football games. They have 37 drop passes. 37. 37. Travis Kelsey, I don't know where that guy's gone, but he is, he is clearly distracted with the queen of pop music, Taylor Swift. So I, I, I think they're very for real. I certainly don't want to play them ever. That's, that's, I, I think their expectation is the Super Bowl. I think they're going to get to at least close to a Super Bowl. You don't want to play them forever. I got bad news for the Bengals' schedule looking forward. But yeah, I know. Right. I was just going to say, you know, not that we want to discuss this topic at length on this show because people probably are tired of hearing about Taylor Swift. That's the other. If you're Travis Kelsey, and I know that people are going to disagree with what I'm saying right now, and that's fine. Your main focus needs to be to, to, to do everything in your power not to fumble that. I mean, that is <laughs> – that is that is that's the biggest win of all time. Is if you marry Taylor Swift, like he's already done what he needs to do in the NFL. There's nothing left to prove, despite what Patrick Mahomes might say in a press conference about how you know they're taking things away from him about Hall of Fame career this, Hall of Fame career they that. In Canton. All of that yeah. will be all of that will be pushed to the wayside if he can if he can uh, and he seems to be in the red zone. I mean, we're there. Just got to I mean, they've been dating. They, they've been dating for th- three months, guys. I'm gonna be honest. That's like four years in celebrities. Travis Kelsey doesn't seem like the marrying type, so I, I, I I'm sure this relationship will end in about a year. We all, we all, we all the, can change our stripes. He's, he's tough. I mean, he's in a tough position to where if he doesn't, if he doesn't marry her, I mean, he's gonna be a number one single. So it's like if he doesn't marry her, there's just going to be what a song just, bash, about, just bashing him. Yeah, well, it's is not about th- that. It's about the fact that this What's man, that song this, be? My this man, demon? you guys think that Shohei Otani's deal was great. Travis Kelsey will sign quite literally the biggest contract of all time if he's able to marry Taylor Swift. I, you know what, you know it's funny is we we talked about uh we talked about the live thing the other couple weeks ago last week about would you take the money and, and and run or would you continue your legacy in the pga tour and you're saying travis kelsey should 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 get the bag get the billionaire pop star and and run he's, and he's also playing just fine by the way everyone's acting like it's his fault it's not his fault that he's got uh, a bunch of duds around him yeah he come he comes and goes i mean he either has 180 yards three touchdowns or he looks looks terrible casey i'll, I'll wrap this one up so you go ahead Rods are for real. Uh, I um, did a little quick math. Football I, math. I, I Football calculated math? their points per game uh, versus playoff teams this year. Do you want to take a guess of how much, how many points they're scoring? 19. Nope. 15. A little higher. 16. 17. 17 points per game per playoff team. That's not going to cut it. Um, I think they're a little fraudy. I don't, th- I don't think they're going to even get close to the Super Bowl this year. That's t- so I we don't think they're going to Patrick get close. Mahomes can't win a road playoff game. We all know this. <laughs> he's, won, he's won two playoff games, not at Arrowhead. They weren't road games, but they were two games that weren't at Arrowhead. Um, listen, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> Your Chiefs their expectations, we, we talked about will they exceed or, or get to expectations. And the Kansas City Chiefs' expectation at this point is what they've done every year that Patrick Mahomes has been there, which has been playing in the AFC Championship game or better. This year, they easily have looked the worst that they've been since Patrick Mahomes has been there. That being said, in an AFC where 10 of the starting quarterbacks are hurt out for the year, 
in a year in which the Chiefs have their best defense since Patrick Mahomes was there, top five defense. Oh, yeah, and you have the best coach in the league, and you have the best quarterback in the league. I just hold faith that the Kansas City Chiefs are, in fact, for real and that they'll make the AFC Championship game. I don't like it. I don't like it. Everyone thinks that I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't. I do like greatness. I'm sorry for liking greatness. And what they've done over the past five, six years has undoubtedly been great. And I think they continue it this year. Would you take fully healthy Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes? You obviously wouldn't. No. Man, I would. Nope. Nope. I would not either. Yeah. All right. But to be fair, though, fully – like if you give me a full 17-game schedule, like if you guarantee me – Lamar Jackson's not going to get hurt, and Lamar Jackson's going to play in the postseason and all that stuff. I don't think I think I would take Lamar Jackson over every other quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes. So in a one-game situation, you're taking Patrick Mahomes, yes, hundred percent. Yes. Did you ever you ever thought of? Uh, and, and again, this is a, this is this is where the Patrick Mahomes thing gets gets skewed with me because I think there's only one guy that I might take over Patrick Mahomes that I've seen play football. Okay. In well, a one-game situation, I guess my question is is simply. Could you imagine, and if you close your eyes for half a second, what an offense would look like if you had Lamar Jackson, Tyreek Hill, uh, McCole Hardman, and Travis Kelsey on the same field at the same time? Forgot about Cream Hunt. Yeah, well, thanks for helping me. Yeah, it'd probably look just as good as that Kansas City Chiefs offense looked. If probably a little worse, actually, because that that Kansas City Chiefs offense is the best offense that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I, I, could it get? You're saying it would have gotten better with Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes? I think Lamar Jackson gets slept on a little bit because he's not. I think he's. he's the, not, I just he's said I've been helped he's, on. He's not been helped hardly at all, and we want to yep. sit here and we want to sit I here. I say that all the time. You have, yes, but I'm saying there's other guys in this room that have it. Yeah, I think Lamar have, Jackson's it, a top five, top three right quarterback in the room, in the but that's yeah. beside the point. Who? Who? Time out! Time out! Time out! Time out! No! 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 You You hate Lamar Jackson. You told me in private. When have I ever said anything bad about Lamar Jackson? No, you haven't. I'm just saying that you're acting like that. Lamar Jackson has no chance of being just as good as Patrick Mahomes if he's in the same situation. I would take Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson, and I just said I would not take any. I would take a healthy Lamar Jackson. You can guarantee me in health. I would take Lamar Jackson at this point in his career over any other quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes. If uh, last question I have for you, just so I know we're on the same playing field here. Moving forward, and we'll move on to another subject. Uh, if if Patrick Mahomes struggles for the remainder of his career, yes, I would take back. I will walk back my. Are, take. are you going to say anything differently about this man who doesn't have world class players, Hall of Fame type players around him, with a Hall of Fame coach? Yeah, I mean, yeah. When the context is different, when you learn new things, you can change your opinion. That's what smart people do. Great. And if Patrick Mahomes struggles for the last, the back end of his tenure of career, I wouldn't, I would no longer say that Patrick Mahomes is the best player I've ever seen play the game. Perfect. Just wanted to know. Right. Like if and if and if we're I saw, not going to use the excuse that he didn't have anybody around him and that, that he had a bad offensive line and everything else, like like they do for Justin Fields. We're not going to do that, right? I, I mean, I would, I would definitely no longer say that he's the best quarterback that I've seen with my two eyes. Similar to if I saw Barry Bonds step up to the plate for the fi final five years of his career and strike out every at-bat, I wouldn't say that he's the best baseball player I've ever seen. Perfect. Sure. Casey, are we having uh, internet issues here? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think we are. We're having a little, little, little issues. It keeps uh, going in yeah, and we're out. Losing, but... We're losing people. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, but, we'll, keep but... it, we'll, we'll, we'll power through. The show must go on. And the show now revolves around whether the Jacksonville Jaguars 
What a ter- What a what, by the way, what a terrible company Spectrum is. Just absolutely terrible. Yeah, we're trying to get Ultra Fiber in here. Hopefully, in the next uh, thirty days, but oh no, find out. Yeah, we'll see. Go ahead, reader. Yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if anyone's gonna see this. I don't know if anyone's gonna see this. We'll keep it going. Jacksonville Jaguars. I do think are for real. I know they lost two consecutive games against AFC North teams. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Then throws three picks against the Cleveland Browns. But it just goes back to the thing in which I mold whether I think a team's very good or not. Do you have a good quarterback? I think Jackson. I think Trevor Lawrence is a very good quarterback. Do you have a good coach? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Um, so I think they got check, check. I think they play in a division that we thought was going to be much worse than it turned out to be. And they're going to win that division. For that reason, context matters. Jacksonville Jaguars' expectations are probably just to win a postseason game. I know they would like to go farther, but if they win a postseason game, it'd be hard to say that their season wasn't successful. I think they win a postseason game for that reason. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are for real. Casey, Elliot, Trace, anyone want to take it over? How about that side of the room? All right. I think the Jacksonville... You want to do the the game of thinking that we have the same answer? Yeah. I think we do. So we're going to say either fraud or for real. Fraud or for real. Count of three. On the count of three. I'm going to say three, two, one, answer. Correct. Okay. Three... Two, one, fraud. That's right. That was good. That was very good. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars are frauds. I, I mean, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I people are going to be very high on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. I'm going to be completely honest. I think he's a top 15 quarterback for sure. But I, I don't think this guy is the future. I don't think this guy is the best quarterback I've ever seen. This he's nowhere in the same playing field as Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he's not supposed to be. But for anybody who's saying this guy is the best franchise quarterback that the Jaguars could have, you, you would be incorrect. I don't think the Jaguars are great all around. I think Travis Etienne's very good for a running back. Uh, I, the wide receiving core is okay, I would say. Calvin Ridley's had an okay season. Christian Kirk is an okay wide receiver that they overpaid tremendously. I don't know. I don't, I don't trust the Jaguars whatsoever. Uh, again, they are one of the teams in the playoffs. I will be betting against them no matter who they play. Unless it's the Steelers. So you're taking all the wildcard teams over, over Jacksonville? Yes, except for the Steelers. It would be in Duval, more than likely, unless they slip up and don't win. They don't win. Division. They've never won at Duval, so right. I'm not, they, I'm not they, concerned about that. They lose, they lose at their home field, which is a sign of a bad team, admittedly. Still think they're for real. Trace? No, they're frauds. I'm not going to really add too much to this conversation outside. the. They, they do have a good defense. They do have a good defense, um, but I'm not much of a believer in uh, – I'm not much of a believer in Trevor Lawrence. Fair enough. Fair enough. Casey Rue? Yeah, um, I'm trying to, to fix this internet, so um, I'll just make it really short and sweet. I said on Mac and JT that the Jaguars are literally the mini Bengals. You look at the roster, compare them one for one, you would rather have Joe Burrow at quarterback. You'd probably have... You could debate the Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne, the age thing, whatever. But Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, T. Higgins, Evan Ingram, uh, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, uh, whatever. Um, Offensive line, I would take the Bengals. Defensively, Josh Allen, Trey Hendrickson, I'd rather have Trey. Sam Hubbard and Travion Walker. Travion Walker has done nothing. Um, Their interior is much better. DJ Reader and BJ Hill, much better. Um, Secondary. They're basically the same. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think they are a little bit of a fraud. 
I think that uh, the the quarterback situation there. I think he's a little bit of a fraud too. Mm. I think I think Trevor Lawrence um, has games where he's not super. Um, not super flashy, like he's not—he's not Joe Burrow, where he can be Superman. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's just super efficient. And at some point, you got to do more than just be able to check down and make the right reads. You got to make super Superman type plays. So, that being said, I think Jacksonville could probably win a playoff game. But I think their fans in that organization believes that they can make a push for the Super Bowl. So I think they're frauds. I think they're. Uh, I'm alone Project. on an island. I'm alone on an island. Everyone said they're frauds. I think they're for it's real. Fair. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's right. We'll keep going. And we'll no, keep, keep, we'll keep them. Um, final one we got was the one I know Trace was waiting on. Dallas Cowboys. We did a, we did a fun experiment where if you take your favorite team and you, you go up against the Dallas Cowboys schedule, see how many wins you think they'd get. Obviously, things happen in the National Football League. But I think almost every team in the National Football League would be a gamer or two better than their current record is if they had the Dallas Cowboys schedule. That being said, they look damn good when they look good. I mean, they just beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home by 20. Their point differential is plus 188. As a Chicago Cubs fan, I love a good point differential, run differential, because as we all know, that's what matters most. Um, but I think Trace thinks they're for real. I think they win the Super Bowl, yeah, I do. I think they can win this whole, the, the whole damn thing. Will they? There's a lot of pressure there. That's the one thing that I think that team has to overcome that many most team or many other organizations do not. Uh, there's pressure there. There's there's this uh, monkey on the back situation, and I actually think that's a real thing. I think that's happened in our city, as we felt from right. time to time. The Bengals obviously dealt with that with the whole playoff win right. situation for, for quite some time. You broke through that, and then you kind of it was kind of like all right, we're 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 on our merry way. Um, it certainly felt like Michigan kind of had the monkey on their back with Ohio State. They break through. They won three straight. So you kind of have these weird situations in sports where there's times where there's so much pressure that it either can, can uh, dehabilitate somebody or it can or it, they can kind of break through because they're just that damn good. This might be the team that's just that damn good that can get it done. But the problem is in the NFC, they have certainly one other team that's going to be maybe the best team in the NFL that you got to get past. And uh, you also still have the Eagles sitting there who many, what, four weeks ago, everybody said they were the best team the in the NFL. So No no team has been on a tougher five-week stretch than the Eagles just went on. They played the Cowboys twice. They played the Chiefs. They played the Bills. And they played uh, one other very, very tough team. So that our opinion on the Eagles is based off what they've done the last five weeks, which is the toughest stretch that any team in the National Football League will go on. Elliot. If you have to question whether or not they're going to accomplish said goal, then they're fraudulent. So, yeah, I would say they are frauds. I think they are playing their ass off right now. Their we, goal is what? I would say their goal is to get to the championship game. And the I don't championship think, game? Yeah. I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't think they get there. I think they are going to lose in the second round, in the divisional round. Unless they get the one seed, of course. If they get the one seed, it changes a little bit for me. But I, I don't think they will get that. I think the Eagles will still get it. The Cowboys have had one of the easiest schedules I've ever seen in my entire life. Reed has done that experiment with Tommy. Did it yesterday. 
I don't think the Cowboys are going to do it. I don't think they've ever shown that they can do it, except, I mean, recently. Sorry, let me rephrase that, recently. Um, Tony Romo era couldn't do it. Dak Prescott couldn't do it either. So, I don't, I, I, until I see it, seeing is believing. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I'm not going to believe it. I think they're damn good. I think their defense is great. I think Dak Prescott's an above-average quarterback. They've got a lot of weapons, but it's just one of those things. Until I see it, I don't believe it. Yeah, all the pieces are there, right? They got it. They got a quarterback that is the MVP favorite, if not the MVP favorite. He's right there with Brock Purdy. Um, they've got fantastic defense, and the defense that has only shined even losing one of their their star cornerbacks for the entire year. Um, they got all the pieces. They've got everything. But like I said, with the Detroit Lions. Like I've said time and time before that I even did it with the Kansas City Chiefs in the opposite direction. Until I see something happen, until I see with my own eyes, as Elliot says, seeing is believing, until I see the Dallas Cowboys overcome, get that monkey off their back, I will continue to put them, lump them where they have been for the past 25 years. And that is a very, very good team that can't get over that hump. Once you get over that hump, then it's all off. It's all off. But I just have a hard time believing that they'll uh, – Look at the NFC Championship game. They're going to play the NFC South unless they unless they get the one seed in the postseason. And then if they win, there's a chance they would play their rival in the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional game because if all the, the top seeds win. So Let me, can I ask you a question? If Trace offered you a $400 free bet, yeah. you have to put it on a team that's not the Ravens and that's not the 49ers. Who are you putting it on to win the Super Bowl? I gave $400 free bet. Yeah, and you have to put it on a team that's not the 49ers or Ravens to win this Super Bowl. Who are you putting it on? Uh, in this order, ready? Yeah. The, t- the top team I would pick is the Philadelphia Eagles. I would Se- agree. Second team I would pick is the Kansas City Chiefs. I would agree. Third team I would do is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, that's probably it's probably the same as what I would do. That's, I, would, I would put, if you gave me a $400 bet and put it on anybody, I would take the Baltimore Ravens just because I'm an AFC guy. I think it, I think it's good for as bad as I as much as I don't like the Ravens I think it it looks better on the Bengals if you know the team from the AFC North wins the wins the Super Bowl yeah um, behind that I mean the 49ers are clearly the is best it crazy team. that I would do the Bills I think I'd do the Bills the Bills well this is what's funny about the NFL three weeks ago Bills aren't making the postseason Bills aren't making the postseason they beat the the Chiefs in Arrowhead and we're like dude the Bills are scary got to get hot at the right the team time. hasn't changed team hasn't changed got to get hot at the right time Casey. The final answer on the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, um, like I said before on the show, I think yesterday, Dallas is allowed to have a time where players play above their their normal, what we would consider their normal um, season. And Dak has been performing above what he normally does. So I think... I think they are for real. I think they can win a Super Bowl. They've got the defense okay. to do it. They've got the defensive line. The pressure's there. They're creating a lot of turnovers. The secondary hasn't taken a step back, losing Diggs. It's actually probably gotten better since they lost Diggs because he used to give up a ton of yards. Um, that offense, man, it, it, it can do anything. It can throw all over the field or they can run it down your throat. Right. So I think... I think they're legit. I think they're for real. Not that the Super Bowl has any ratings problems, but man, what what a what an event it would be if it was uh, the Chiefs versus Patrick Mahomes versus the Dallas Cowboys in the in the Super Bowl. That would be insane. Which, like, I think we we forget that Kansas City isn't a big market. Like, we we lump them into all these these heavily touted teams, but uh, 
yeah, and Patrick Mahomes versus the Dallas Cowboys would certainly be a game that the NFL wants. Like, if you ask them who they want to uh, play in their championship game, those would be the two teams. Those would undoubtedly, Philadelphia would be there too and just do a, a repeat of last year. All right, guys, I know Trace has to get out of here in 15 minutes, so we, we overdid the time on all the other stuff. But let's get into the, the holiday spirit. Before yes. we get into the holiday spirit, we do have to do the ads. Yes. Casey McAllister, take yeah. it away, big dog. I'll take it away. The Bengals report, Bearcat report that we just did earlier on in the show was brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Productivity. And <laughs> that sounded really sad. Yeah, that was um, terrible. said productivity. Visit The path to innovation begins here. And, of course, a lovely water sponsor, Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water. Some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF. Bet on Betfred. Drink lots of Pawnee Water. Get your... Technology solutions from Encore Doc Tech. Reed? All right. So here's how we're gonna do. We're not gonna we're not gonna determine order in any other way than okay. we're just gonna go in this room, right? So it's gonna start one draft is gonna have Elliot going first. Yep. One draft's gonna have Casey going first. Me and Trace are always gonna be in the middle. Do we wanna do songs or movies first? Songs. Songs. That is gonna be more debate with movies. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a snake draft around the room. We're each gonna pick four songs. In order, right? Going back and forth, our favorite Christmas songs. So without further ado, Elliot Rearing, you have the first pick in the with, first ever Christmas song draft here on Chatterbox Sports. With the first selection of the Christmas song draft 2023, I will select the greatest Christmas song there is, and that is White Christmas by mm. the Drifters. Now you've heard this in Home Alone. That is it's do 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 boop boop. But that is the one I'm taking. That is the number one Christmas song of all time, The Drifters. All right. Trace? That was good. Thank you. That was the best song. I was that your that. one, too? Uh, it was my one. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's tough when you pick second because now I have a, a, a collage of ones. I am going to go with... Uh, it's a classic because you can't go wrong with it, and Santa Claus is coming to town. Which one? And that is uh, from Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. That's the a good Spring, one. That was Springsteen on. wins a good one. All right. I didn't know we were giving away who it was sung by, but you Bruce have to, Springsteen. You have to. Right, because there, there's so much. There's so much. Um, okay. Well, so, that throws a wrench in my plans, but, but keep going. All right. So <laughs> You have to. I can't believe that it fell to the third pick in the draft. I know that it is the most overplayed Christmas song of the season, but it's the most overplayed because it just screams the season. And that is Mariah Carey's. That's a good pick. That's that's terrible. That's tremendous value at number three. That's, that's the tremendous. worst pick out. When you, 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 when like you that hear one? that song, just that's dwindling like, in. that's like, uh, that's like taking everyone and just basically at face value. That's, that's a, that's a Keely Smith draft pick. <laughs> All right, Casey, fourth pick. You got two. <laughs> so um, you picked White Christmas, right? Yeah. Earlier. And then what did you pick, Elliot? 
No, I pick White Christmas, Christmas by the Drifters. And Trace I picks Santa, Santa Claus, Claus is coming to down. Town. Bruce Springsteen. Gotcha. Okay. So my first pick is Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Frank Sinatra. Okay. And then my second Christmas pick is probably Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Jingle, jingle Bell Rock by who? Jingle Bell, Jingle Bobby Helms. That's right. Bobby Helms. All right. Reed? All right. So I'm up with the second pick. I took Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. With my second pick, another pop classic from the 90s and the holidays. It is NSYNC's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If you don't know that one, that is pure nostalgia for me. Because we would put up our lights. I remember this doing this with my mom, and she'd put in the the NSYNC song, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, and Happy Holidays. That's so that's my one. second pick. That's a good one. Trace. I'm going to go with the Christmas song. Probably, if you made me pick which one, I... That is chestnuts roasting on the open fire. Yeah, you want me to you want me to pull it up for you? Yeah, I think that's yeah. Pick, pick, pick an artist, but that one's actually it might be generic enough to do. Right, I'll pull it up. The Christmas song. Yeah. So he took with his second pick in the Christmas song draft. He the, took the Christmas. The song. Christmas song. Yeah, you want about value. That is value. I mean, that's the name of the that's Sorry, the name of the game. Two bads here. It'd be like getting the first overall <laughs> pick. Two bads. And just picking a guy named Football. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot. Uh, I am going to select with my second overall pick. Who's that? Who's that by? Who's Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roasting. We all know the song. Chestnuts roasting. <laughs> Me. All right. Classic. I'm going to take uh, Happy Happy Xmas. War is over by John Lennon. Are you guys familiar with that one? Yes. Happy Xmas by J John Lennon. And then I am going to take, this is kind of a sleeper pick, but I, I, I think it's good. It is um, it is the Jackson 5, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. That's a Claus. good one. Mm. Fun fact about that song. I told you guys this recently. I, it, I was like 26 years old when I found out that the point of that song is that she was kissing dad. Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, the, over my head. The whole point of the song. That's the whole story. I thought mommy was cheating. <laughs> and it was just yeah. dad the whole time. So Tough. That's a tough reader. Trace? Um, Last Christmas. By Wham? Yep. It's a great pick. That was my next pick. I feel like, I, I mean, I think everybody probably feels like their list is elite. My list is elite right now. I'm going to go off the just beaten saying. track. I've gotten two of the best pop songs ever, so I'm going to keep it rolling with the pop Christmas songs. Reed loves pop. This is a song that when I say the name, you guys might not know, but I'm going to go with Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses. Christmas Rapping. Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses. It's my dad's favorite Christmas song. It's a great, it's a pop one. Okay. There, someone in the chat will love that song, and that's why I took it with my third pick. Casey's got two. His last two. All right. Well, that's – I need to know for sure. Um, Casey, what would you some, take with your second pick? I took – so I took Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Frank Sinatra, and then I took um, – ooh, what did I take? What's we'll the rewind this yeah. I have, I, have, I have it. Casey has Let It Snow by Frank Sinatra and Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Jingle Bell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jingle Bell Rock. All right. Did anyone take uh, Santa Baby? No. Nobody's taking Santa Baby. All right. Santa Baby by Earth Kittening. Case is trying to get canceled. Um, and then I'm going to pick a uh, pick? another another Frank Sinatra song. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Damn it! All right. Yeah, was... gone. Good job, Casey. Yeah, and you all. Your last pick. You got one good. <laughs> so this uh, is Casey's four right there. Let it snow by Frank. Jingle Bell Rock. Santa Baby. And have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's, that's right. right. Rita Roo is last pick. I've gone. I've done nothing. But pop songs, I'm going to go classic here. I'm going to go a classic here. I think this is the greatest diss track in the history of music, not just Christmas songs, in the history of music. You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. That's a good, that's a, the Grinch theme song. By Thurl Ravenscroft. He said, if I could pick between a seasick crocodile and the Grinch, I would pick the seasick crocodile. Imagine getting picked over a seasick crocodile. I couldn't come back from that. That's actually that's actually a really good pick. So I'm saying you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is Grinch my theme. final form. Grinch is great. Um, I am going to go with uh, Winter Winter Wonderland. Mm, I don't like that one as much, but by who? Bing Cosby. Crosby, I should say. So All right, Bing is in. Santa Claus coming to town. The Christmas song, Last Christmas in Winter Wonderland. Okay, there's a lot of good songs that I'm not going to pick. I'm going to list some of those off right now. Blue Christmas by Elvis. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Michael Buble. Uh, Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano. Uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. I know, speaking of getting canceled, that song has been canceled. But I do think it's been very, I think it's a very good song. Uh, all these songs are very good. However, I'm going to go with the greatest Christmas song to get everybody in the mood. Dominic, the Italian Christmas donkey. Dominic the donkey nice. Good job. with my final pick. Did, good we pick. didn't even mention it's uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year either. That's a, that's a pretty good song. That's a good song. There's there's I mean there's so many good Christmas songs. I mean every every popular singer at some point makes a Christmas album as you should rake in that money because really Christmas is just a, a wonderful time. Um, Rocking around the Christmas tree by Brenda Lee did not get taken. That was a surprising. That was yep. that was someone that's, that's gonna that's you're gonna get you're gonna sign that person undrafted free agent. Good for Brenda Lee. Um, uh, I want the chat to let us know which which uh, which was the biggest crime that we left out. Uh, Run Run Rudolph also uh, missed the cut. I would have. I would Run Run Rudolph. So Frosty good. the Snowman. Frosty. Yeah, Frosty uh, Snowman's not very good. Yeah, yeah, but it's. A, a I mean, come on. It's, it's a come classic. Come on, you can't say it's not good. That's that's really. Yeah, it's not good. That's like saying the uh, the the first Ford that Henry Ford made was a terrible car. It's like I mean I don't know. All right. Kind of got things. Going. Trace has to go. Trace has to go, but Casey, can we can we do it quick or do you? No, want to... I, I I listen. I have to be somewhere at noon, and it's a fifteen minute drive. So okay, uh, we'll we, 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 we'll we can do it. Casey, get us started with the Christmas movie draft. You got the first overall pick. I have the first pick in the draft. Correct. Thank God what for you. you have? Because, thank God for you because you only have four movies written down. <laughs> uh, you know, I like Casey debating his first overall I, pick. I I, I think. I think I'm going to eat. This don't is a tough mine. one. I, I, it's mine. a debate between two. I didn't think I would have the first pick. Um, I'm going to go with The Grinch. I just think that is a. Horrible Jim Carrey's or the classic cartoon? Jim Carrey's. Jim Carrey's. Wait a minute. Jim have Carrey's. you seen the the uh, the Illumination one? 
Illumination one's fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. I think that one's great. It's it's I it's good. It's my third favorite. I like the old classic one and I like the Jim Carrey one. The Jim Jim Carrey Jim one's the best one. Fantastic. Yeah. So you're going with the Grinch. Yeah, I, I that's my personal choice over the other one that would be my number one. I think a lot of people will will uh, possibly pick this one. So listen, it, I'm it gonna give these guys value, these two value, because all the, the three big classics that everyone watches at Christmas time, I don't necessarily care for i don't necessarily care don't for this is going. my it's favorite it's christmas it's movie and i will argue tooth and nail it's the best christmas movie what? is tim allen's the scent santa claus <laughs> i'm taking the Santa. i know you're saying what about christmas vacation what about what about the christmas story eh, eh, don't like those movies don't don't love them so well, give me the santa claus when i say i'm gonna win this draft by like 90 percent of the vote I, i'm not kidding i'm gonna win it by 90 percent. but go ahead trace yeah, I had the Santa Claus uh, top two on the list, if we're being honest. Santa Claus is my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to take – I have to do this, even though I'm really losing out on some, uh, some other home runs here, is uh, I have to take Christmas Vacation. My if you don't parents, like Christmas uh, Vacation, love. then – It's my, fa- it's you my know favorite what? one. It was number one on my board. It's, I love uh, That's your fault. That's your fault. You have to live with yourself if you don't like Christmas. Vacation. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I just don't. I, like I don't need to watch it every Christmas. I no, that's. But I mean, hey, like I said, there's always. Um, there's always some people. Uh, I listen. Trace was smart for taking that because if I would have taken Home Alone and Christmas Vacation, Damn. I would have won the whole thing. But instead, I'm gonna have to pivot. I'm gonna go Home Alone with my number one pick, and then I'm gonna go Elf with my number two pick. Oh, that was Home Alone then one. Elf. Yep. I'm going to win this draft. It's not going to be That's close. another one I don't necessarily love. I don't Elf love is Elf. Great. Elf. I don't is love great. Elf. That's fine. I have my Christmas classics that I, that I, that I watch. This is Trace. where I know this movie is not loved by many. I love this movie as a kid. Uh, and I know the movie's not very good. But you know what? I'm going to take it just because um, I liked it. I still like it. And that is uh, Jingle All the What. Just watch pick. that. Just watch pick. that. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, that is actually like, if you look at reviews on it, terrible movie, but it's just so nostalgic. It's so much fun. All Christmas movies, all the good Christmas movies don't have a ton of great reviews unless you're looking at like the, uh, no spoilers here, but unless you're looking at like a 1970s, 60s, 50s movie. Right. Like all the, the, it's just pure nostalgia. Jingle all the way is a good one. I think he could have gotten that later in the rounds. I don't think that one was going to get snagged Not up. Not good value. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think he got good value. It, it, but the other ones I have, I don't really love either, so. You guys took them all. I mean, all I right, love so my thanks. I love I love my list, but go ahead. Bri. With my I second pick in the the Christmas movies draft, I took Santa Claus with the first overall pick. I'm now going to take maybe the greatest sequel of all time, which is the Santa Claus Two: The Mrs. Claus. <laughs> that is my second that. overall pick. <laughs> I am taking Santa Claus Two: The Mrs. Claus. Oh just, my god! The toy Santa was a little scary. The, the rubber Santa that, that was going to give everyone coal. But I, I, I love the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. So I'm he's, taking he's doing a Mrs. Bit, Claus. He's doing a bit right now, and that's fine. But when he takes Santa Claus 3 with his the next escape pick. The escape clause? When he takes the escape clause with his next pick, he's lost the draft. He comes in last place. Go ahead, Casey. Um, Santa Claus 3 sucks. <clears throat> so I get two right here, right? Cor- correct. So I'm going to take one I don't think many people are thinking of. But I definitely watched this during Christmas time. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's that's one of mine. 
And that then, is a that is not a Halloween movie. That is a Christmas it's a movie. Christmas it movie. takes place over Christmas. So it is a Christmas movie, not a Halloween movie. That's it's a not a bad pick. It's and not then, a bad pick. And then Polar Express. That's a good that, pick. That's a, that's a childhood uh, heartstring one for that's me. That's a very, very good pick right there by Casey. Honestly, it saves his list. Saves it. The Grinch, Jim Carrey's Grinch and the Polar Express, for a guy who came in here with no movies at all, saying there's only two Christmas movies out there, he's got three decent ones. So here's the so here's the thing. We have now gotten through all of the classics that I don't necessarily love. Christmas Vacation. We haven't. No one's picked Christmas Story, but someone will pick Christmas Story. I don't love that one. Polar Express. Another one I don't necessarily love. So and then Elf. Elf. Those four are the ones that everyone loves. I don't necessarily love. With my third overall pick, I'm going with another sequel. Another sequel. Is it Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause? No, it's not. I know that's where you think I was going. But instead, I'm going with the second best sequel ever made. And that is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Great movie. That's, that was next to my Home, list. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yep. That, yeah. movie, that movie is far funnier than, uh, far funnier than, the, than the first one. When, when he says, uh, when, when, I forget the guy with the, with the bushy hair, the tall guy. Uh, whenever, whoever that guy is, Marv or something. I, anyway, yeah. whenever he says, eat brick, kid. And throws up, tries to throw a brick on the kid. That's the funniest line in any movie ever. <laughs> so that move, that that's a phenomenal pick. They were gonna kill that kid. That, they, that, they were trying. That was attempted murder. Like if you watch that movie again, it is a little dark for a Chris. Like oh, that it movie, is. That movie would not get made today because they are trying to kill that kid. It's murder. Like like straight up, like they hold a gun to his head, and it's like supposed to be a lighthearted moment. <laughs> They're holding a gun to Macaulay Culkin's head. Yep, Trace, you're up. Also, Reed's guy Donald Trump in that movie. Um, my guy. Hmm. You know, I got to be honest. This is where when you, you don't watch chalk. a you lot have, of movies. You have to pick chalk here. You have to pick chalk. No, I don't have to pick chalk. I don't like the... I, the I, first of all, I don't even think I've ever seen the Christmas story. Now, people are going to laugh at that. I have not seen it. That's the problem with not seeing a lot of these movies. Uh, I will go with one that I have seen. Also, is uh, is uh, really quickly is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. No. Yep. It is absolutely not. It has all the? It's also a sandwich. If you if you pick that movie, we're gonna have to have a vote here and see if that's legal because that, that is not a Christmas movie. I'd say it's a chat question. Put a poll up. Casey, put a poll up. Die Hard Christmas movie. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm gonna it's take four. Not. I'm gonna take four Christmases. Oh no! I didn't think anyone would take that. I love Vince Vaughn. That's such a good pick. I love Four Christmases. I didn't think anyone was taking that. That's a great one. That's yeah. a, when they're playing Taboo, that's a great scene. All right. That's a great scene. That's, that's, that was really good by Trace. I didn't think he had that in him, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I was going to do a Vince Vaughn movie if it got back to me. It's a you're, beloved. You're doing Fred? I was maybe going to do Fred Claus. <laughs> that is such a good movie. Fred Claus is no, – I'm not going to do it. But it's a very good movie. Uh, my last two picks of the Christmas movie draft. Number, I have to pick it, A Christmas Story. Uh, it's, it's open. I mean, I'm going to win this by a million votes. A million votes. A Christmas Story is not a great movie. But nothing symbolizes Christmas more than putting on TBS. And it's an all-day marathon of, or AMC, an all-day marathon of A Christmas Story. It's, it's, oh, it it symbolizes Christmas. Uh, my final pick I kind of want to do Fred Claus. I kind of want to do Gremlins. But in the end, what I'm going to do here, 
I'm going to go with kind of an outside one, but I think it's a great one. I'm a fan of the comedies. I'm going to go with Scrooged. Bill Murray in Scrooged. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, this will be my final pick. Is Your that final right? pick. My final pick is uh, is one in which really, you know, it's more of a childhood thing. I think it's a nostalgic thing. I'm not going to sit here and debate whether or not it's the greatest thing that I would want to sit down and watch all the time, but it's got to be a Charlie Brown Christmas. God, Trace. Trace took both. Sorry. Took but that's, both. Uh, that's, that's a classic, and if you say that it's not, then, then it's almost um, you're not American. Yeah, I was going to take Charlie Brown. Listen, I have a place in my heart. When I, when I just said that I don't like all those, like all the movies that I don't like, what I do love is I love the old claymation Christmas movies. I know that might be unpopular. I like them all. I like all the old claymation ones. And I'm going to take A Year Without Christmas as my fourth pick. A Year Without a Santa Claus? A Year Without a Santa that Claus. Was my, that, was my, that was on my list as well. A Year Without a Santa Claus. Great, great pick. Was, uh, is my favorite of the Claymation movies, Claymation Christmas movies. I almost took the old Grinch, the old uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, because that's a good one too. Just another sequel. You would have just piled up with sequels. But yeah, yeah. I got, I got one non-sequel, The Santa Claus. Your list sucks. I'm not going to lie. Your, your list sucks. Uh, I, I, I love that pick, but th- with all these sequels, you got to have, you got to have some variety in there. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Casey, your final pick, the final pick of the Christmas movie draft, man. I, I don't know guys. I, what about the Harry Potter series? There's always a Christmas scene. He's in Harry Potter, less. and they always let play me de- it during... Let me debunk you right here. What? Me, what? Me ABC right always here. plays Christmas, it during Christmas time. What, despite what some ABC think, Family Freeform yeah. does Des- play it every Christmas. Despite yeah. what people think, Christmas is not about Santa. It is about Jesus. That's right. Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus has the power of God. Not Voldemort. Not that They don't have Jesus in their world, because if so, Jesus would also be a wizard. That's not how it works. That's not Christmas. They don't have Christmas. Your whole thing's negated. They don't have Christmas in Harry Potter. No Christmas. I'm pretty sure they have giant trees with ornaments on them. And That's fine. That's fine. They might have gifts. that. They, they, they might have the illusion of Christmas in their world, but Jesus did not exist in their world. Because if so, they all have the power of God. Everett asked, what if uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore, excuse me, was Jesus? <laughs> well, if Dumbledore's uh, Jesus, Dumbledore. Dumbledore's Jesus in that world. But that is not Christmas. You can call it whatever you can call Dumbledore it. Dumbledore is actually the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you want, but that is not Christmas. What's funny I mean, some is, say that Harry Potter is kind of similar to Jesus. Kind of. Don't similar. ruin it. I'm going to watch it. The, I, funny, the, funny, the funny thing about we're going to have to vote because this, I, I will not allow that pick. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is played every year on ABC Family, and by ABC Family, I mean Freeform. Um, that should be a poll question. All right, really quickly, poll question. Uh, we'll end this one. Uh, no, no, is is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> is close. Wow. 51% say no, 49% say yes. Um, so let's end that poll, Casey, and then start a new one and ask if uh, ask if Harry Potter is Christmas. If you if you vote Harry Potter is a Christmas movie, I'll leave. What's funny about <laughs> the... Don't say what's that. Fun, don't fun. say that. We're going to lose the vote. What's I, funny about Die I, Hard, I, the, these two debates, is like Die Hard has no Christmas themes. It just takes place on Christmas. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone literally has one 20-minute, like two-minute scene where they just celebrate Christmas. That's not that's, Christmas. That's the only thing they have to do with Christmas. It takes a place over a whole school year, and they, they celebrate Christmas. They get gifts, and that was that. Like that. That was it. For some reason, people think it's a Christmas movie. Well, there's important 
Well, I can't say because Trace, I don't want to ruin the movies it's for a gift. Trace. Yeah, but there, it's a there's, gift. Some, there's some for gifts the in there series. that happen. There's some stuff that happens during Christmas that is integral <laughs> to the story. <laughs> there is. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Casey, that's not a Christmas movie. We have to take a vote in this in this room if that's a Christmas movie or not. I vote no. Harry Potter is not a Christmas movie. No. No, it can't be. You guys are just a bunch of Scrooges Reed? over there. For the fun, I'll say yes. Okay, so then it comes down to the chat vote. If they, We'll give this three minutes. The chat has three minutes to decide if Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. Uh, if they say according, no, you have to have another one ready. According to this website, it is... It is considered a Christmas movie. Oh, according to that oh, website. Top, top 50. That website, huh? Yeah, that website. That's just that website. Yeah, that website. Mm. Not this website, not that website. It's this and that website. What's the name of the website? Timeout. Casey, you better start com. looking around for another one because I tell you right now that the uh, the early pulls are coming back and it's not looking too good for you. Well, who 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 said that uh, Die Hard was a Christmas movie? Well, what's it yeah, matter? Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, in fact, that vote ended up being 51% no. But he didn't. Yeah, he didn't, so you have to so you pick a new, another. Well, movie he didn't too. take it. I didn't take it. Yeah, he didn't oh. take it. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing here? In fact, I I pulled the Jameel Reynolds uh, move there. I took Reed's advice, and I thought, you know what? I don't want to get stuck at the end with the opportunity of having to forego my That's Christmas right. movie. So I'm going to go with a surefire pick. Uh, you're gonna have to repick because there's just no way that this wins. So. I mean, that's what, just, what's your fourth movie? That's just terrible takes by everyone in the chat. Well, it's, um, it's about a wizard, I'm going to say, so. I'm going to just say, uh, just be stupid. The Muppets Christmas Carol. How about that? It's not like stupid. That. That's a good movie. That's a good, that's a good, good one. pick. That's a good one. Good pick. Not the Christmas Carol, just the Muppets, Muppets Christmas, Christmas movie. Carol. Yeah. The Muppets Christmas Carol movie. All right. So you guys are going to have to, uh, uh, do a little, uh, wizard, wizardry, I guess, and get on, uh, the old, uh, you know, graphic design skills. I know that's a strong suit in this room. And you guys are going to have to create a list. That is my, that is my strongest suit. Of, yes. of all four of us with our list and uh, make it a poll on socials of which list is best. Now, I think it would be more fair if we didn't put our names behind it and you I put agree. it A, B, C, and D so we don't have uh, fan clubs deciding who actually wins or loses. We just need wow. to make it. We need to make it uh, A, B, C, or D, and then make those the the, the list. For those who are oh, wow. just, I'm going to recap the movies. We didn't recap them real quick. Uh, the fact that I was given this draft is crazy. Elliot's pick, Home Alone, Elf, A Christmas Story, and Scrooged. Trace's pick, Christmas Vacation, Jingle All the Way, Four Christmases, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Reed, The Santa Claus, The Santa Claus 2. A Mrs. Claus. Home Alone 2. And a, year without, and a year without a Santa Claus. Casey, The Grinch, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Polar Express, and The Muppets Christmas Carol. Hmm. There's a clear one and two in this draft. Yep. You're not one of them. Trace, you got to get to your meeting. I Bye, do. Trace. I have to leave. We appreciate, we appreciate you on this. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I'm also uh, I'm glad that you uh, you decided to wear not the same thing, but the same color. So kudos to you. Salmon boys. Okay. Well, good job, Reed. Keep it going. Yep. Yep. All right. See you, Trace. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put the video the camera on you as you walk out. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if. Uh, yep. I assume I assume is this like a, is this like the. the we're gonna clap you that? off. You want us to clap you off? No, I, I don't. Yeah, let's clap you no. off. Good show, good show, Thank Trace. You. Good show, hey, appreciate Trace. it, guys. Good show, Trace. Really nice. Thanks. Let's go, Trace. See ya. Let's go, baby. Woo! See ya. Woo! Bye -bye. There he goes. There he goes. Woo! 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 Bye, See you, Trace. All right.
Now back to serious things. And by serious things, I mean non-serious things. We've got 15 minutes left. Yesterday, we uh, prepared something for the show. Or we didn't. One person in this room did. Um, it didn't get to be used on the show yesterday. So, Casey, will you queue up a mailbag? Ooh. And we'll get Elliot rearing to get the mailbag ready. Um, hold on, let me get ready. Is the mailbag ready yet? Yeah, hold on, let me, let me. Listen, at this time of the year. I got it, I got there's, it. There's got letters it. going out to Santa's. There's letters going out every which way. There's Christmas cards. But we are still getting letters by the day from teachers from around the country, from little kids, wanting to know what's on our brain. So without further ado, let's get into the segment. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Well, ho, 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 little children. It's time for the mailbag. Listen, I, this was yesterday's mail, so it's a little bit older on the news side. I read it over, uh, but I still think it plays. So um, today's mailbag comes from Sweet Little Meadow. Uh, Sweet Little Meadow from Mrs. Soprano's class. Meadow has excelled at math in her young academic career. So much so that her and her father, Tony, have been running a sports book for the second grade class at St. Martha's in New Jersey. The class as a whole has been abysmal, only hitting at a 15% clip. That was until Monday night. The parents club got together and decided they were going to bet Giants Moneyline because of folk hero Tommy DeVito. When the Giants won, Meadow had to unenroll and their family had to move right here to Cincinnati because they couldn't pay. Meadow wants to know which school should she go to in Cincinnati, Ohio. What school do you think? Uh, Our Lady the Visitation. Mm, I thought you weren't a Vizzy guy. I'm a, I still went there, though. I don't know. If you want a Catholic school here in the greater Cincinnati area, look no further than St. Peter and Chains and Prospect Hill of Hamilton, Ohio. That's where the leaders of America are raised, taught, reading, writing, and arithmetic. So, yeah. What was your grade school? St. Peter and Chains School. St. Peter and we Chains. We were told... That I now, like, has to be a lie. I haven't fact-checked this. But we were told that there's only three Catholic churches in the world. Ooh. In the world that is called exactly St. Peter in Chains. One of them being right here in Hamilton where I went to school. One of them being the cathedral in downtown Cincinnati. And then the third being St. Peter in Chains Basilica at the Vatican. So I, I just have a hard time believing that there's only three St. Peter and Chains in the world, but that's what we were told on a daily basis. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That's where I went. That's where I went. Casey, do you have an idea where Little Meadow should go to school? Um, Little Meadow need Little Meadow? Meadow. Little Meadow. Yeah. For Mrs. Um, Soprano's class. For Mrs. Soprano's class. Um, Her dad's Tony. And she needs to go to a – a school near show. here I, 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 where does she need to go to school at why, why does she need to go to school in a different spot totally totally missed okay, out okay that. that's it yeah. thank you very much casey yeah. for that contribution <laughs> uh yeah that's it all right sports uh were there any sports last night that anybody, oh i saw this northwestern basketball boo booey northwestern basketball who just beat purdue lost to chicago state last night per I, I, Chicago State is notorious for being one of the very worst basketball programs in Division One. They rank 335th, I believe, is what they ranked in Ken Palm. 
300, the 335th best team out of like 360 just beat like a, a top 25 team at the top 25 team's place last night. Just crazy. This year of college basketball, I don't know if you guys remember the COVID year of college basketball, but there were a ton of upsets. A million upsets. And there usually are in college basketball. There's some crazy ones. But this year is going to be madness. When we get to March, this is going to be the craziest March Madness we've ever seen. Last year was pretty damn crazy, but this year we're going all the way. There's going to be, I'll, I'll, I'll bet my money on this, there will be no one seeds in the Final Four this year. There will be no one seeds. Chaos City. That's such a bold take to make on December 14th. Such a crazy take. I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm not ashamed of that. Take. There's, there's two things that we do every year. Sports fans. We think we don't, but it's literally just when we, we wind up, a year passes, and we wind up talking about the same thing. And the NFL, we talk about how, man, it doesn't feel like there's any, like, big dominant teams. It feels like, man, there's all these frauds, everything like that. We do that every year. We, 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 we crown two teams and say they're the best team in the league, and we go, everyone else is just a fraud. They're, they're bad. Understanding that the NFL has the most parity in any league in the, in the world. Secondly... We go into March Madness every year and go, dude, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's like, yeah, there's 64 teams. There's going to be upsets. There's going to be all this stuff. We do, the, we do both things every single year. And we, the best part is, is we go, it didn't feel like this in years past. It didn't feel like this in years past when it did. We literally talk about the same thing every single year. But I digress. Casey. Um, there's football tonight. There's football tonight. Thursday night football. We've got the, the <laughs> Justin Herbert list. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Jimmy Garoppolo-less Las Green Vegas Aiden Raiders. Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. No, it's not Aiden O'Connell. That's the thing. He hasn't. He he, he said there's no decision on who the starting quarterback what? is, so we don't even know who the starting quarterback is. And on top of that, Keenan Allen's not playing. So oh, I did see that. <laughs> it's just a brutal I, I, game. We kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. The Chargers are a disgrace. Yeah, they're what, what's, what's happened to that franchise is on, honest to God sad. Because I think all of America, that's a team like everybody's like, oh, they're the Chargers. They have the best colors in the NFL. We kind of like Phillip Rivers. He was a silly little guy. He had 25 kids. I, I, there's so many fun char LaDainian Tomlinson, Chargers legend. There's so many fun Chargers out there. I don't think anybody roots against the Chargers. No, certainly nobody roots for them anymore. But when they moved that team to L.A., they just wasted a franchise. Wasted it. They should have kept it in San Diego. I, I, I honestly, God, I feel sad for those fans. I feel, fa I feel bad for the players of, San or of the now Los Angeles Chargers. Nobody cares about them. Nobody supports them. They got a head coach in Brandon Staley that's running that team into the – I was almost going to curse – into the ground. They're running them into the ground. So I, what? there is no team that has fallen fall, – fall, no team has fallen from a higher distance than the Chargers have. What like, I guess what I'm going to ask you when you when you make that point is, is like based off of what? Like even when they had those fun players, they underachieved every single they year. They did. They had they had LT. They had Antonio Gates. They had Philip Rivers, three of the best at their position. Yep. At that time, and I don't. I think they won one playoff game. Yeah. They they listen. This is this is their their history, right? When Philip Rivers took over in 2006, they went 14 and two. 14 and two lost their first playoff game. The next year, Philip Rivers was their quarterback. They went 11 and five. They made it to the conference championship. The next year, they lost in the playoffs first round. Year after that, went 13 and three, lost in the playoffs first round. 
In 2013, they lost in the divisional. I think they beat the Bengals that year. 2018, the final year they made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, they lost in the divisional. Went 12-4. and four. Like, this team is underachieved for our entire life. But they're always, but maybe that's why it makes it fun. Because you don't hate the Chargers. Nobody in the world hates them. Yeah, like because people, people hate you when you win. That's fair. The Chiefs, like, that's true. The Chiefs, no one hates the Pirates. How could you? I kind of hate the Pirates. But that's because I'm a Reds fan. I'm inside the division. But I don't think anybody in their division cares about the Chargers. I think that's sad. I think it's just sad. Staley's good is gone. If Sir Boy just put it in the chat, if if they get Belichick and they have Justin Herbert, I might be all the way back in. But what is Belichick? This is this is what I don't understand. And, and I'm 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 gonna put myself matter. out there. Head coaches matter. Yeah, but what is Belichick gonna do to enhance Justin Herbert's career? Uh, I think he'll be able to coach, and I think that's the key. He, he's not gonna go for it on fourth down from fourth and seven uh, on your own thirty-five every game because the if, analytics say if so. If the Los Angeles Chargers get Bill Belichick, that will be an utter disaster. A disaster. You're saying it's going to be worse than what it is now? It's going to be more of the same. I don't think it can be It's going to be more of the same. I don't think so. It'll be, it it does not change. Well, here's the thing. Does not change. The problem that they made was was all along. The reason that Staley, I know he makes all these, these wild analytical decisions. The reason that that doesn't make sense is when you get a young quarterback, you've got to have an offensive minded coach. You've got to have an offensive-minded coach, and that's just not what Staley is. Look at the history of young quarterbacks that have succeeded in this league in almost, in the past 10 years, obviously Bill Belichick and Tom Brady doesn't doesn't fit that bill. That was 20 years ago when the game was vastly different than it is now. But over the past decade, look at all the young coaches and the young quarterbacks that have excelled. Almost all of them have had an offensive-minded coach. All of them. All of them. I'm, I, I will love to hear something different. Well, here, here's, a, here's an interesting take from, from that perspective. Bill Belichick probably wouldn't go to an organization unless he had full roster control. Um, the Chargers right now sit at well, – next year they sit at negative $42 million under the cap. That's really tough. I mean, he's not going to be able to bring in other guys. He's going to have to let go guys. He's going to have to cut people from the team. So, on that note, if you believe in the Chargers roster, which, I mean, they got Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. They have a good secondary, apparently. I, I, I've i been told that many times. If you believe in the, the wideouts, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, if you believe in Austin Eckler, if you believe in – Donald Parm and, and Gerald Everett from their tight end group, and you believe in that offensive line, you believe in Justin Herbert. Bill Belichick, from from that perspective, if he's just making the decisions, like co- like coaching decisions, and he brings in a guy that knows what they're doing on offense, which he's yet to do, but if he can, then I think that's a great move. I, I, I'll, I'll go on right. Like, if they get Bill Belichick, I mean – Elliot make, brings up a fair point. How can it get much worse? Well, to be fair, the the Chargers were in the postseason last year and were on the brink of, like, they all they had to do was either tie or win their game two years ago against the Raiders in the final game of the year to make the postseason that year. So it can get worse. 
Um, yeah, I just think it's more of the same. I don't think Bill Belichick elevates that that roster at all. I don't. I don't think Bill Belichick elevates that team at all. I'm just not. I'm. I, I, there are people in the chat. And I'd much rather have a young offensive people coordinator. People are saying Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. I do think it was a joint partnership. I don't. I don't think either I of them uh, was carried by the other. I think they both helped each other to have Hall of Fame careers. Arguably, they're both the best at what they've done in their career. So. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think Bill Belichick can bring in the right people, and I think Bill Belichick can get that team to at least up to the standards that they had a year or two years ago. Hell, they, they're, they're still going to be probably projected to come in second in that division next year with win 10 games. They won't be. Yeah, listen, Belichick held the number one scoring offense to three points in the Super Bowl, their last Super Bowl in 2019 versus the Rams. Yeah. And Tom Brady, some – all-time great quarterback, only scored 13 points. So let's let's not act like uh, Belichick didn't have a masterful game in the last Super Bowl that they ever had. Like he 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 is a bona fide head coach, bona fide Hall of Famer. He's the best head coach. He's the best head coach in yeah. NFL history. I yeah. just think the time. I think it's I think it's well past him. And and since uh since Tom Brady left. In the four years since Tom Brady left, the New England Patriots have made the postseason one time. In that postseason game, they lost by 30 points. So I like I, I think it's just well past the time, like well past. It's fair. Bill, I would much I would much rather get an offensive coordinator from some other some young offensive coordinator from some other team than Bill Belichick. You think it's crazy? I asked I asked you if uh, if you hate the page the, the Pirates. You said you do. I don't like the Pirates because I because that game. No, it, it, it stands from Clint Hurdle. I, I hated Clint Hurdle more than I hated anybody. Mm. So maybe I don't hate him as much anymore. But Clint Hurdle was the absolute scum of the earth, uh, and I say that with no love and no respect. I didn't like the way he managed. I thought he I thought he was a dirty manager. He would try to injure people intentionally. Didn't like the way that was – That was Derek Dietrich's last year as a Red when he started pimping home runs. I get it. You might not like the pimping the home runs thing, but Clint Hurdle had like he, – he was telling people to throw at our heads. Yeah. He was – I mean he was – That has that, never made sense. That's what, that's what Clint Hurdle did. He was notorious for that. So maybe all my – maybe all my hates Clint Hurdle and that's fine. Yeah. My, my take on throwing at people, and I've had this since I was 16 years old, is uh, I think it's always been weird. I think it's always been weird, regardless of the level. When you're throwing at kids, especially if like a coach is like, ah, we gotta correct that, throw at him next time. Like I remember in high school, um, I was I was uh, we had this kid on the other team mouthing off to us, and our coach warmed up the guy who threw hardest on our team to hit the kid next time he went up. That's crazy, man. And that's so wild that a that an adult wants to hurt a child. Like it's it's wild at all levels, but it's certainly wild at the high school and college level, even college where they're they're adults. If you're telling like, hey, I want you to hurt this kid, that's weird, so weird. Um, where would the Cubs rank on teams that you hate the most in the MLB? Are they uh, one? The Cubs for a long time I didn't hate. Maybe that was because they were bad. But once they got Rizzo, I hated the Cubs. <laughs> and it, it's maybe wild. it's because maybe it's maybe it's partly because. As I grew older, I realized how much our ballpark is infiltrated by their fake fans. Uh, when 30,000 Cubs fans outseat the Reds fans on a Saturday afternoon baseball game, that pisses me off a little bit. But the Anthony Rizzos of the world, they got So the Cubs nerve. are your number one most hated team? Yeah, the Cubs are the okay. Cubs are by far. It was the Cardinals, but I didn't hate Yadier Molina. Everybody in Reds country hates Yadier Molina. I don't. 
I think that guy was a damn good catcher. I think, listen, he might have said a couple of things about Brandon Phillips. Other than that, I, I, I think he was a great player. I thought he played baseball uh, hard, and I thought he was an elite, elite catcher. I think he's a Hall of Famer. So I guess I'll end this show, unless we have a cherry on top. Do we have a cherry on top? No? All right. I'll end this show by, by being very condescending. Okay. About, about team, oh, teams, teams that uh, hate. Because I just saw this yesterday. It came across my timeline, and I giggled. So I asked you who the team you hated the most as a Reds fan. And I think a lot of Reds fans would take the Chicago Cubs. And I understand why. You know, a lot of fans come in. A lot of fans in the area. They've been good as of late. Um, Bleacher Nation, who is probably the biggest fan account. Um, they have a blog that runs talking about just Chicago Cubs stuff. They put out the teams that the, that the Red that the Cubs hate the most. Cubs fans hate the yeah. most. You want to guess where the Reds fit? So you were saying hate the Reds. People hate the Reds fans. Cubs Cubs fans. They 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 listed the teams that they hate. You want to guess where the Reds rank on this list? Eighteenth. Fifth. Fifth. But that's Cubs fans. Like, this is in-division rival. They say that they hate the Cardinals more. They say they hate the Brewers more. Those are both dull. Of course we hate the Brewers and the Cardinals more. Cardinals I wouldn't are even, the biggest fans. I wouldn't even think the Reds were on the radar, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but, I mean, we play them 18—we used to play them 18 times a year. Then it's the third is the Dodgers. The fourth is the Mets because of what happened in the 2015 NLCS. Then it's Reds. And then before we get even to the Pirates, Cubs fans hate Yankees fans more. The Yankees more, which is wild because they play in a different league. So the Pirates are seventh. I just thought that list was funny because I, I know that a lot of Reds fans would say that the Cubs are their biggest rival, and the Cubs are probably like the fourth biggest rival of the Reds. So that's the most condescending thing I'll say today. I would think, yeah, I would think Reds are way about bottom on that list, I'm going to be honest. But I get it, the division. Right, right. All right. Uh, thank you for being here today. Um, I know Tom wasn't here. I uh, thought we had a fun show, fun little show. Uh, did the draft dra drafts. We... Talk about fraud or for real. Tom will be back tomorrow. I don't think there's any shows scheduled today. No live shows today. Um, we will have another uh, preview, the defensive side, right? Or is it the offensive side of the... It is the Vikings defense is what we're previewing. Yeah, we're going to preview the Vikings defense. Coach Kyle Kasky will put that on our YouTube here soon. Um, so be sure to, to look out for that. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, with uh, Off the Bench. So thank you so much here today. This has been Off the Bench provided, pre presented by United Dairy <laughs> Farmers. See you guys.